song was The Lucky Dutch. That song was called Darkness. And you're on the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show every Wednesday from uh, 7 p.m. to uh, whenever. And then Red Light, and we take your video requests and stuff. Uh, a bit of a programming note, this will be the last uh, Intellectual Dollar Tree of uh, 2019. Next next one will... Next Wednesday is Christmas Day, right? Yep. Yeah. We're not streaming on Christmas Day? Uh, I may or may not be around. Opening the gifts of the Intellectual Dark Web? Oh, man. Could you imagine the Intellectual Dark Web Christmas party? Ugh. They'd probably call it a holiday party, and then they'd argue about how they'd call themselves too politically correct. I would pay to not go to that. I would love to go to that with my little recorder. <laughs> so I could just start criticizing everyone there and, and get, at least get audio of me being thrown out for <laughs> for for, uh, for engaging in fraud in the marketplace of ideas. <laughs> so yeah, there's no show uh, Wednesday, and I, just, I guess I should do this more often, uh, a little bit of a housekeeping there's a show tomorrow for uh, scientology that's at 9 p.m pacific uh, there's a show friday 3 p.m pacific for um uh, deconstructing derp that'll be uh these are all i <clears throat> those won't be the last of their show for the year um and then uh friday night there's no echoplex sessions because i'll be out at bike party freezing my face off uh saturday night we have operation catterday we're doing the war on christmas I have some more on Christmas stuff. I have some this week and last year stuff, and uh, that should be fun. And then Sunday we have the big show, 7 p.m. Pacific. All that stuff can be found on our website. Just click on streams at the top. And there's some new things on our magazine. We have two new soundboards on our magazine. We call it a magazine because that one lady said, they put me in a fucking magazine. <laughs> um, we have a Dambadondi soundboard on the, on the website. It'll be on our soundboard, soundboard proper pretty soon here. And we also have uh, Austin Bennett soundboard up on the website, and that is already on the soundboard here. So with that, um, we're going to throw a little curveball this evening for the... Oh, wait a minute. I'm Producer Dave. Who are you? I'm HK Perrin. You can find me on Twitter at HK Perrin. And you can also find an adjacent account at I Have Twitten. All right. So we're going to throw a little curveball here. I watched this video on the Thursday night stream. Um, God, we, it, it must have been like before we even had 100 people following us on Twitch. And the reason I'm doing it here on uh, the Intellectual Dollar Tree is I wanted to kind of ask HK if he notices some of the same kind of patterns of dealing with criticism uh, that I find to be common between David Miscavige and this uh, video, David Miscavige is the head of Scientology and some of the people we talk about on this show. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you, if you watched the Scientology stream and you already saw this, well, you're going to get a little different take and we're going to be coming at it from a different angle. So here it is. This is from um, what year is this from 1992. This is way pre intellectual dark web. But I just want to see if maybe I'm paranoid or overly looking for these things or if uh, you're going to notice some of what I noticed. So this is a 1992 interview between, uh, I believe, Ted Koppel and David Miscavige of Scientology. This is ABC News Nightline. We got to love those 1992 graphics. Joining us live tonight is David Audio's Miscavige, good. whose formal title is Chairman of the Board of the Religious Technology Center, the organization which manages Dianetics and Scientology. Mr. Miscavige took over as the head of Scientology in 1987 following the death of the church's founder, L. Ron Hubbard. You've been sitting here very patiently for the first 15 minutes. It's your turn. We're going to take a, a short segment here to talk, and then we'll take a break, and then we've got the... A little bit of background. They ran a Scientology story right before this interview. So okay. it's not really super important to this interview. Was it pro or anti-Scientology or neutral? I mean, it was objective, so anti. 
I, I don't even know what story they're talking about, but I can't imagine them. You'll you'll get it from the context of this interview. Okay. To the program to talk. Where would you like to pick up on on what many in our audience, I suspect, have seen for the first time about the Church of Scientology? Yeah, well, I think uh, you know. I, I guess the first thing I would like to take up is the fact that the intro piece. Uh, there's no question that there's some controversy surrounding Scientology, but if you want to look at what the real controversy is, there's been stories uh, like this one that we saw here for the past 40 years, and yet during that time period, Scientology has continued to grow. In fact, it's 25 times larger today than it was in 1980. Uh, I would just like to take up a few of the Yes, the world is full of marks. I think this explains a lot why you have the controversy. I don't know that Scientology lends itself so well to the press. Uh, in this instance, uh, we did agree that uh, we would uh, have your correspondence come in, and in fact, he did have unlimited access to the church. But then you get a piece like this. For instance, something that isn't mentioned in there is that every single detractor on there is part of a religious hate group called Cult Awareness Network and their sister group called uh, American Family Foundation. Now, I don't know if you've heard of these people, but uh, it's the same as the KKK would be with the blacks. I think if you interviewed a neo-Nazi and asked them... A little bit of self-aggrievement? Yeah. Wow. The Cult Awareness Network is... Apparently, not, they lynch Scientologists. I mean, fuck, man. That's what he heavily just implied. That's not what he said. <laughs> You're taking him out of context. <laughs> no, I'm taking him in context. No, the full and context. that's the problem. Yeah, the full context of what he says makes it more clear, not more nebulous, right? <laughs> yeah about the Jews, you would get a similar result to what you have here. The thing I find disingenuous is that it's not commented upon, and yet, in fact, your correspondent Forrest and Deanna Lee were aware of this fact. And uh, not only that, that is the source of where they, they receive these people to talk to. They didn't well, find them randomly. If, if, if I may just interrupt for a moment, you realize there's a little bit of a problem in getting people to talk critically about the Church of Scientology, because quite frankly, they're scared. Oh, no, 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 well, no, 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 let me explain something to you. The, the most disingenuous thing is that you have those people. Now, let's not give the American public the wrong impression that these are people that randomly were pulled in from around the world and that they decide to talk against Scientology. Those people aren't scared and they've been loudly speaking in the press. You showed me a book you had before the show uh, that has many detractors. Same ones. So they're not really frightened. That's a good story. It was a collection of articles that has been written about you the same and the people church. No, what I was saying is the reason, perhaps, that we only hear from those folks is that there are a lot of other people who might be considered detractors of the church, and they, who do not belong to any organization, are quite frankly afraid to come out and speak. Well, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That story doesn't, doesn't hold water because I'll tell you, from my perspective, the person getting harassed is myself and the church. <laughs> From his perspective. I'm stunned. <laughs> uh, let me give you an example. Uh, we did make uh, access possible for Forrest. I, that isn't to say that he took advantage of it, Ted. For instance, the subject of money comes up. It comes up routinely. And I'm sure we might bring it up later on in this show. But I, in fact, had uh, the highest contributors of Scientology gathered up so that Forrest could interview them to ask them why they gave money to the church and how much they had. And believe me, it's larger figures than these people are talking about. He told me he didn't have time. I said, please, I mean, they're here. He said, no, I don't have time. I don't want to see them. I offered for him to go down to our church headquarters in Clearwater, Florida, where 2,000 parishioners are there. 
at any given time from all over the world. In other words, he would get a cross-selection, people from Germany, England, California, Florida, Spain, Italy, you name it. Didn't want to go, didn't have time. Uh, so to represent also that this is uh, what the church puts forth isn't so, here's what I find wrong and here's what I find the common mistake the media makes. I can get you a hundred thousand Scientologists who will say unbelievably positive things about their church to everyone. Well, yeah, you you basically force them by them being Scientologists and you saying, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to destroy your life. And when the reporter went, he had mentioned that, oh, you didn't want to talk to these handpicked people that I've set aside who are obviously very devoted to my church. Yeah. I wonder why the reporter didn't want to talk to exactly who I told him to talk to. Yeah. Cause like he's going to give them, what did he say? A hundred thousand people. I don't think that's accurate, but maybe it is. I, I don't know. I could probably find a hundred thousand people who would agree on anything, but like a hundred thousand people who are members of Scientology saying, Oh yeah, Scientology is great. Doesn't mean that Scientology is great. Right, it just means that their marketing and, and retention tactics have been effective, if you want to look at it the other way. Also, or Scientology may be beneficial to 100,000 people. And for everybody else, it's some fucking space alien nonsense. For everyone else, they're scrubbing the floors with toothbrushes. Oh, possible. You had on there, and I not only am upset about those people not being interviewed, they are too. And the funny thing about it and why you find us not really being that willing to speak to the media is because not just myself, any Scientologist will open up a paper, will watch this program, they're probably laughing right now, saying that isn't Scientology. Uh, that's what makes media. Media is controversy. I understand that. Uh, and you believe really in space aliens coming to Earth and putting people in volcanoes and blowing them up. Yes. So... Like, just whatever he says, you know it's going to be ridiculous. Because just to believe that ridiculous thing, you have to inherently, like, have ridiculous beliefs. Because it's never just one ridiculous belief. That's true. Someone isn't just like, oh, yeah, the earth is flat, but everything else is exactly as, you know, everyone believes. It's just that the earth is flat. Eh, some of the Bigfoot people probably don't believe in chemtrails and shit, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. The Bigfoot people are nice. They have weed. <laughs> it is really controversial, certainly okay. to a Scientologist. We're going to have to take a break. Very good. I, I hope you understand that there's a little bit of a paradox in your saying, you know, we're not going to get a chance to listen to what Scientology is really about. We have with us, after all, since you were... Oh, absolutely. I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to correct this. I understand. Although, Dave, the Bigfoot people only just believe in, like there's a primate a primate out there that we don't know about which like, is that's not crazy you're right but there's uh, no reason to believe it but it's not insane to believe it right right fair that's fa fair enough this guy believes in xenu and believes that there are thetans that make you sick and that you know holding two soda cans can tell you all about the thetans that are on your body they're more like soup cans they're like more sturdy all right, soup cans. Rest of this hour, in which I'll have a chance to talk to you, and you can clear up some of the misconceptions we have. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. We'll continue our discussion in a moment.
return now to a conversation with... Yeah, look at those computers in the back. Once again... Look, they're not even talking to each other. I'd like to begin, Mr. Miscavige, with, um, I guess, the kind of broad question that perhaps folks at home may be asking themselves right now, but let me be the guinea pig for a moment. Mm -hmm. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Because you care about yourself and life itself. Scientology, the word means study of life, study of knowledge. Uh, no, it's just a made-up word. And that's what it is. It takes up all... I mean, it may be based itself. on words uh, that would imply that it means that, but Scientology does not mean that. I mean, every word's made up, but it's a made-up word. Like, astrology is based on words that mean, like, studying the stars. But astrology has nothing to do with studying the stars. I know what Scientology means, but I, I think my definition might be different than theirs. It's funny how language works. <laughs> Things that are integral and uh, maxims that are related to life and very existence. Uh, let me give you an example. It's better if I take that because it is such a broad-ranging subject covering so many different areas. The subject of communication. This is something that uh, major breakthroughs exist in Scientology. Being able to communicate uh, around, in the world around you. And I think everybody would agree that this is an important subject. Well, there's an actual formula for communication which can be understood. You can drill on this formula of communication and learn to drill. Uh, but moreover, uh, take the person who has trouble communicating, has, uh, well, for some reason he can't, anxiety, well, I, I, whatever. I'll tell you what, let's stick with me, okay? Uh, so far in life, I haven't had a whole lot of trouble communicating. Now, see if you can communicate to me what it is that you're going to be able to do for me that makes me a better communicator. Well, I don't, in Scientology, you don't do anything for somebody else. Scientology is something that requires somebody's active participation. Then, fine. I, certainly, let me I explain wanna, something. I want to participate. I want to be active. Okay, Clearly, what, in your life, Tab, what in your life do you not feel is right? That you I, would feel, like I feel perfectly comfortable with my life. I like my job. I'm happy with my family. I love my wife. Uh, Scientology is uh, not for you. I'm, I'm perfectly content. That's why I'm asking you, what well, is it you can do for me? Oh, but Miscavige would love to have him on in Scientology because the thing he didn't mention is that he's rich. Yeah, true. Scavage is like, oh, wait a minute, this might be an opportunity. He's like, is your net worth more or less than Tom Cruise? <laughs> well, number one, I, w I would never try to talk you into that Scientology is for you. You see, that's the funny thing about... At least not on TV. And he's like, and that's above, that's below my pay grade anyway. <laughs> he's like, the people trying to convince you are at the mall. He's like, I'm just counting money. About this, as if I'm now going to give a sales pitch to you on Scientology. Believe me. Scientology is valuable enough that it doesn't require any sales pitch, but let's look at it. Christians will do it. Scientology does. If you look out across the world today, uh, you could say that if you take a person who's healthy, doing well, like yourself, uh, you'd say that that person is normal, not a crazy, not somebody who's a psychotic. You look at a wall and they call it an elephant. Would you agree with me on that? So far, I got no Okay, problem. and you can see people below that. Right. And uh, crazy people, criminals that I think society in general will look at and say that breed of person hasn't something quite right because they're not up to this level of personality. You can understand that. Well, we in Scientology are not, you see, all past attempts have been to bring man up to somebody's standard of what's normal. What we're trying to do in Scientology is take somebody from this higher level and move them up to greater ability. You see, we're... Oh, I thought he was going somewhere else with that. <laughs> and take all their money. <laughs> You see, what we're trying to do is bring someone who's up here and milk them until they're about down here. And working for us for free. Until they will liter literally scrub our feet. And thank us.
Yeah, for the opportunity. What about, those, what about those folks down there? Well, yes, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't we don't ignore them. But my point is this: Scientology is there to help the able become more able. The guy who's going around, he's working, he's trying to make it. These people generally have something in their life that they would like to improve. And in any event, if you can increase that person's ability, the one who's chipping in, the one who's able, and bring him up higher, the sphere of influence that he affects in the world around him can be much greater, and he can get on and do better. Now, Mr. Miscavige, when, when, when you and I talked the first time a few months ago, uh, I said to you I was going to come after you on some of these issues. I am a cynic by, by nature. I guess that's why I like being a... Cynicism gets a really bad rap reporter mm -hmm. uh, what you have described to me there fits perfectly with the image that I have of Scientology namely you're interested in folks who are producing another way of saying that is you're interested in folks who've got money and who can pay to work their way up the Scientology well, see, that, ladder. That, that's where that's where you miss the point because in fact you know this subject of money comes up but you've got the wrong issue there. that's where you miss the point because you see I was trying to not say that right, we were we were in fact going to not talk about this during this interview <laughs> this guy hasn't taken an interview since really this was his last interview why would you um boom this, we're gonna go destroyed we're gonna go long on this one because i want to do the whole interview um because he is confronted repeatedly in a very polite very very sort of rational manner and i don't think he's ever going to do anything like this again he would sooner go on jerry springer where he might get hit with a chair or something <laughs> than go on this you know this subject of money comes up but you've got the wrong issue there the subject of money is where's it going you see another part that isn't in that piece the, the money in scientology isn't going to me it's not going to my colleagues uh, that's a fact that's a fact you can call up the irs and find that fact out no you can't oh was this be this might no this was i think after they were turned into a religion a religion doesn't have to open their books they don't have to prove that they're doing any charitable work there's a big scandal about the mormon church they hoarded a hundred billion dollars yeah like if if the irs was keeping track of them making sure they were doing some charitable work it would be hard to hoard a hundred billion fucking dollars because they didn't just do it last year so like this claim he's making unless i don't remember exactly when scientology got a, a tax exempt status but i think it was before 92 let's find out okay let's do that They've audited our records and seen all of that, and none of that money is going anywhere. As a matter of fact, the officials in the church are paid far less and live far more uh, frugal existences than any other church leader. Our money goes to social causes that we accept. You take these people, we are the largest group. Oh, so they weren't tax-exempt yet in 1992. Well, yep. He didn't lie. I, I got it wrong. That's why, that's why we have computers. In the world do far more than any other church for the last two years we've been voted the community outreach group of the year in los angeles by whom by the local city council the senate of california passed a resolution that's uh for our uh work with underprivileged children in california we work on getting drug addicts off drugs we support narconon which is drug rehabilitation center you, you own narconon narconon is scary uh narconon what they do is they pump you full of like b12 and niacin and then they stick you in a sauna like while you're like detoxing from heroin and shit that sounds dangerous it, it's rather dangerous yeah it's called the purification rundown and that's what narconon is based on 
And then after they like kind of break you down, they start like, from what I understand, they start like kind of planting the seeds of Scientology and the sort of Scientology belief system in you. And then as you get better because you've detoxed and you're, I don't know, maybe they offer some kind of legitimate service there. I don't know, but even just detoxing, you're going to get better. Right. And then you can attribute it to what you've learned in Narconon, which just happens to be Scientology. And it's like a pipeline. If they, yeah, it's like the 12 step program, how it's all about God. Yeah, but there's no church really running that and using it as a pipeline to find people with rich families to steal their money from. See, like that's where Narcanon takes. Yeah, the but next the Narcanon isn't to find rich people. You think like, that you think that they recruit people into Scientology out of that who don't come from rich families? I mean, rich families will okay, pay yeah, for rehab. Point. Rich families will pay for rehab, and maybe they're you know ignorant and don't know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good point. That's just sort of what what I've gathered is going on with Narcanon. The drug rehabilitation technology of L. Ron Hubbard. There are 33 centers around the world over <laughs> drug one rehabilitation thousand. technology of L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. People have been gotten off drugs. We sponsor educational programs. Several years ago, in just one wait, in just one instance, wanna, we work. I don't want to minimize any we of work, that. But, wait. but how does that make your group the the the? How did you put it that you do more to help? Social reform, social reform sure. than any other group in the world. Uh, more, than, more than the Catholic Church, more. Well, than... no, more, more accurately is per size. And when you put it in that rate, in other words, how big Scientology is compared to any others, the amount that we do on that subject, there's not even anybody comparable. Okay, we've got to take a break. We'll continue our discussion with David Miscavige in a moment. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Yeah, he's making these non falsifiable claims, right? Because he's. Yeah. Like, do more good work. Well, how do you even quantify that? Only 22 languages? It's less than a million per language. A conversation with David Miscavige now continues. Here again, Ted Koppel. During one of Farasoria's pieces a moment ago, we heard one of your colleagues talking about psychiatry, mm -hmm. right? Right. You guys are death on psychiatry. The, the criticism that was made was that this is foreign to the United States. Mm -hmm. He referred to its origins in Nazism and Communism. Mm -hmm. uh, and that your religion, Scientology, is an American religion. Mm -hmm. Fair enough? So well, far? American of the mind. Yeah, right. That's right. What does that do for Christianity, Judaism, what does that mean? Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, all the other isms that American of the he just said that. I mean, what do you mean? It doesn't have to mean anything. American of the mind. It's bizarre. This this still the this is like that kind of American exceptionalism crap. I think he's trying to play on that. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. He's gonna say a lot of things that don't mean anything. All right. Also, oh, I think also did not originate in this country. Well, no, that isn't really the point. The point there is this, that those people, the fascists, the communists, have used uh, psychiatry to further their ends. That's just a fact. I mean, you want to look uh, at the studies that... They use metallurgy to further their ends, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Electricity. Bacon. They use air they to use, further their ends. They use fucking water. This is a dumb argument brought about the Holocaust of the Jews, that the Nazis justified killing the Jews. They were done at the Max Planck Institute of Psychiatry in Leipzig, Germany, and that justified the killing of six million people. 
if you look at the report that even Forrest Sawyer did on the mental uh, institutions in Russia, several months ago he did this, you saw that that was a tool of the state. That's the point he's making there. But let me tell you what our real problem is. Number one, understand this. Psychiatry, psychology, that comes from the word psyche. Psyche means soul. No. Yeah, that that does not mean soul. It means like your um, like your consciousness, sort of. Like your look up uh, psyche. psychology. Root word. Etymology. Like psyche, it just means like your your your, your current state of mind or your current state of being or whatever. It, it doesn't mean your soul. These people have preempted the field of religion, not just Scientology, every other religion. They right now practice and preach the fact that man is an animal. And I guess that is where, philosophically, where it odds with that. All right, but so I, psyche is breath, spirit, or soul. So I guess, I guess so. he is right. Okay, he just said another thing, though. He said that, that, that psychiatry and psychology say that man is an animal, and that's demonstrably true. Yes. Yes. Because we're not a plant man or a mineral. Is, yeah, man is 100% an animal. There's literally no way to say that man is not an animal, unless your definition of animal includes, like, animals other than humans. Yeah, of course. It's like the people that say, like, humans aren't apes. And it's like, okay, well, what's your definition of ape? Because humans fit every definition of an ape, except the definition that specifically states non-human. This is, this is, this is fabulously stupid. Like the, the, all medical science acknowledges that, uh, humans are animals. Yeah. Biology. It's like the basis of human biology. Humans work exactly like every other animal. I mean, not, you know what I mean? Like for the, yeah, yeah. I mean like, yeah, we have all the things that make animals animals apply to humans. Yeah. So that's not a philosophical disagreement. This guy just like wants to claim that they're, I think he's like conflating like when we say animal in science versus when we colloquially were to call someone an animal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like animal on uh, the Muppets. <laughs> like he's a lot less chill. Or like when people say animals colloquially, they mean non-human animals, but we are animals. We're animals just the same as like bees are animals. I understand what this war is. This is not something that we started. In fact, 22 days after Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health came out, the attacks from the American Psychiatric Association started. It's like the bell curve. Right after it came out, the attacks from the fucking scientists. Here it goes. It's the bell curve. Animal is a Muppet. Did you say? I, words, I did. Not a Muppet? We started. In fact, 22 days after Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health came out, the attacks from the American Psychiatric Association started. This was the first popular book on the mind. An attack is not the same thing as a criticism. This just sounds exactly like what uh, fucking what Sam Harris was saying that they had done to the bell curve, right? That they had attacked this book. When it turns out that... The whole cottage industry of books attacking this book. And it's like, no, it's just books explaining why this book is a piece of shit book that takes data and completely misinterprets it. In in a more formalized setting, we call that peer review. Yes. Yeah. Those, those, this, if this was a book on mental health, then like sort of intellectually or academically, the peers of this book or the peers are supposedly psychiatrists and psychologists. So they're going to be like, they're going to read it and they're going to be like, whoa, yeah, I need to write a book. Wrong. about Right. I need to do. I, someone needs to do a reaction video to this. <laughs> 
ever in existence. It was running up the bestseller list. It was popular with the people. I have the letter sent out by the man who was in the American Psychiatric Association asking for ad hominem reviews on the subject of Dianetics. These people absolutely felt... Let's see the letter where he asked for the reviews to be ad hominem. Yeah. Like, what? what is... And what would an ad hominem review of a book be? L. Ron Hubbard is ugly, therefore his book is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Pretty much, yeah. Not his book is ridiculous and he's ugly. That's not an ad hominem fallacy. You've Correct. still you've still insulted him. Yes. But that's the they're not they're just two separate ideas. Yes. Him being ugly is like a non sequitur. Here is why your claim is wrong, and also here is a claim and the evidence is L. Ron Hubbard's face. Well, <laughs> that we were cutting across their vested interests. And the lengths with which they have gone to destroy Scientology and Dianetics and L. Ron Hubbard is absolutely mind boggling. They attempted to do so through the 1950s. First, they tried to attack L. Ron Hubbard's credibility. Not hard. <laughs> Being like, oh, he says he was a Navy captain. We called the Navy. He was not a Navy captain. Unless the Navy's lying. Yeah. I mean, he lied all the time about a lot of stuff. He was very Trumpian. Right. He was like Trump before Trump. If Trump was like... Trump had hung out with Aleister Crowley. He would, <laughs> and and was mildly smarter because mm -hmm. I feel like L. Ron Hubbard was smarter than Trump. Not sure if L. Ron Hubbard had a daughter or whether or not he banged her. Um, <laughs> that's that's all the details don't have to line up perfectly. Yeah. But that that shit where he talked about the the, the attack of um the attack of Dianetics man that's almost word for word what they said about like the criticisms of the bell curve. This guy's like this guy's like pro this guy's like pre intellectual dark web. Then they recruited the American Medical Association and the Food and Drug Administration, and they then proceeded to infiltrate our organization. May, may, no, no, let me may, finish. May, may I stop you just for a moment? Because, you know, when you talk about undermining L. Ron oh, hold on. credibility, uh, and again, I... So going back to the word psychology being, like, meaning study of the soul or whatever, like, that doesn't mean anything. The word, the word astronomy means naming the stars. Right, that's just, like, what its root word is, kind of. Yeah. And back in the day, like, a lot of these these words are like rooted in Latin and Greek and they didn't have science words for shit yet. Yeah. They thought your spirit and your essence were your consciousness. They just didn't have the word consciousness because like that was a different time and they had different words, probably less words. And even consciousness is like kind of a shitty word because it's not really well defined. What makes something conscious? According to Deepak Chopra, it's some kind of quantum entanglement with your soul. <laughs> I have no idea whether that video and the tape that we that yeah, we but why heard, we touch on that, that that we heard was representative of L. Ron Hubbard. But when I hear about a man talking about having been taken out to the Van Allen mm -hmm. space uh, radiation belt mm -hmm. uh, of of uh, spaceships that uh, were essentially the same thing as the as the DC eight, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I mean, if if we're talking about this man's credibility, uh, that, that certainly raises some questions in my mind about his credibility. Okay, well, let me ask you: Have you read any books on Dianetics or Scientology? I've been I've been reading little else over the last few days. I'm, I must confess. I'm not a student. But you haven't read Dianetics uh, or any uh, book either. on Scientology. You're, you're absolutely Okay, right. fine. Then that's why you would make a comment like that. I mean, let's let's not joke around here. That Have you watched 100 hours of his lectures? You're not you're taking me out of context. The context is important and you're you wouldn't say that if you knew all the context. Therefore, you don't know all the context. And it's the same argument, right? When you run into like a Jordan Peterson fan, they're like, "Well, have you seen this this lecture?" And I'm like, "No, that's 4 hours." 
<laughs> I wouldn't even watch that on my show about the intellectual dark web. <laughs> I wouldn't watch it at two times speed, even if it made sense. It's the same thing, though. It's like you haven't observed enough of what we're doing to make a value judgment. But like the problem is like we do this I, when I talk to like sort of the kind of skeptic actually guys and they're like, oh, you know, I'm like, they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's a, that's an attack on their character, this and that. I'm like, you know what? We decide a lot of things based on what we think somebody else's character is like all the time. We decide who we're fr our friends are. We decide who, who we're going to have lunch with at work. We decide how, you know, are we going to be neighborly with our neighbors based on mostly a first impression of their character, right? Like we decide all of these things based on people's character. And now, like now, once somebody becomes a public figure and you want to tell me why you like them so much, I can't be like, well, I think that person has a shitty character. Like all they're doing is like taking like something about they're taking like if the subject matter is L. Ron Hubbard or the subject matter is, you know, Sam Harris or Jordan Peterson, they're taking something intrinsic, something important about this person. They're trying to take it off the table. Yeah. And it's usually something like this person did a whole bunch of really shitty things. Therefore, his character is shitty. Wait, therefore, and it's like, yeah, you can't take his character into account. And it's like, well, I'm basing my judgment of his character on all of the shitty things that he did or the things that he said or the way that he handles criticism or his impact on the world or well, the impact on the world. Yeah, this is this is all really since I told you I told you it's the same thing, right? You haven't but read still, enough like even if. So let's say like Einstein was just a super shitty person who just went around kicking poor people in the head all day long. He's still fucking right. Right. Because the evidence points to what Einstein laid out in his in his papers. Right, but also somebody in that case could be like, well, that doesn't mean I think he has a good character. Yeah, but the evidence does not point towards Scientology being true. In fact, the evidence very much points towards Scientology being false as fuck. And like if somebody's Extremely spreading Extremely false. If somebody's spreading these ideas around and getting rich off of it, then I begin I, it occurs to me that maybe their character is crap. Yes. Like that's that's it. If these people if he wasn't a public figure and he believed this, I'd be like a wackadoodle, have no idea about his character. I believe that is the definition of a grifter, right? Oh, this is, he's, yeah, he's pre, ooh, I'm trying to figure out this David Miscavige guy is definitely pre Sam Harris. Mm -hmm. I think the way he, the way, the way he's talking about things is very like Harris like, and Al Ron Hubbard was certainly like pre uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, absolutely. Like in his kind of bombasticness and like comfort, comfort with, um, comfort with dishonesty. Yeah. The way he boasts about things that he's done that he didn't actually do. Right, and denies the bad things that he's done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bit that Forrest did there, pulled out of context items. And let's not forget something else, by the way. I told Forrest Sawyer, and I was open about this the whole time. I have been in communication with Nightline numerous times. I said, Forrest, if something comes up, you want to bring me up an allegation, you confront me with it before this so I can do away with this garbage and not have to do it on the program. Dave, I promise you I'll do it. Numerous calls have been put into him. I have never heard it. No, this right here has nothing to do with the intellectual dark web, but what he basically did was said, hey, I've taken an interview with Ted Koppel and you're going to do a story on me. I need you to tell me everything Ted Koppel is going to ask me. It's kind of what he said, right? He said, oh, you know, if you have things that you want to address, address them with me so they don't come up on the program when they interview. And well, that's like, no, that's not how an interview works. If the interviewer is going to ask you tough questions because they're maybe hostile to your position or they think their audience is and they want to 
you know, do a good job or maybe, maybe what you're doing is controversial, then the person who comes to do like background and do a, like a quick news hit on you, isn't going to just be your spy. I believe that's a talk, right? If, if you just have your talking points that you want to cover, that's a talk, not an interview. Right. And I mean, Koppel's asking difficult questions, but he's being, he's being chill. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any problems here. The only, the guy said, you haven't read enough Scientology, but I'm just like, well, how much, you know, no matter how much he had read, if he would have said, well, sir, I did read Dianetics. Then the response would have been, well, have you read the stable datum? And he's like, hey, the Plex hasn't come out. Nobody even knows what the stable datum is. <laughs> well, like the guy said, I've read nothing but Scientology for two days. Right. It's like, okay, so he clearly has at least a cursory grasp of Scientology and that's enough to determine that Scientology is total bullshit. But like I said, no matter how much it would have been, it wouldn't have been enough. True. Cause yeah. it's not OT eight or whatever. So you can't, he hasn't even been told about the Xenu story by a Scientologist. Imagine the balls to tell somebody that and then charge them like six grand for it or whatever. From him. I never heard about these to do that. It's take anything out of context. Ted, can you, when can I you, talk about, you, no, but let, me, put, let me just I mean, give you an analogy. Let me give you, you an analogy. You know, you know that there are going to be a lot of folks out there, and I'm sure there are a lot of Scientologists, mm-hmm. and I don't want to offend anyone who truly believes this, but there are a lot of people out there who look at that. You say it was taken out of context. Take a minute, if you would, and see if you can put it into context for us so that it does not sound ridiculous, because quite frankly, the way, the way it sounded there, it sounded ridiculous. Uh, okay, well, let me tell you, to, let me ask you to do this then. I want you to take the Catholic Church and take right now and explain to me. Oh, but we're used to that bullshit. Yeah. Yes, there is no way that you can put what the Catholic Church believes into words and have it not sound ridiculous. But that doesn't mean Scientology is not ridiculous. And say what you will about the Catholic Church. If you try to leave, they don't stalk you. Yeah. They might even forget about you. I'm not really keeping tabs on who goes to church and fucking all that shit. Like, it's not like a, there's no, like, I could walk, I could go Sunday to the Catholic Church over here and just hang out in the back and observe. And maybe nobody would even bother me. And if I didn't come back, they wouldn't figure out where I lived. I don't have to sign nothing. Don't got to pay them no money. If I went and observed, I'd put a dollar in that little fucking thing, you know, because I'm in, I'm in their space, you know, especially like a non-believer. I'd, it's a dollar. I've done that with many churches. And the only one that like actually tries to get you to come back that I've been to is Mormons. Mormonism. Yeah. Scientology. Scientology is well, either, either, either promise to come back or get the fuck out. Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, you kind of have to have an end to go into their, their kingdom hall, which is what they call their churches. Um, cause if you just show up, people will make you feel very uncomfortable and want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Then Jehovah's witnesses. Um, if there was, if there was more content on them, we might be including them in our uh, Scientology stream. Our next thing we're going to include in that is Bethel, but maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that in the after show. I think if you want to look at some of the, um, Scientology or sorry, uh, the Jehovah's witnesses cartoons, there's some amazing content. Oh, we, we have an after show. Yeah. We'll do it. Do you want to watch some Jehovah's Witnesses cartoons? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I'd love to chase the entire chat away. There's this one where a mom makes her, her kid throw away a toy. To make sense. Scientology, they'd make you fucking turn that. They'd be like, oh, that toy has hair on it. Now you're scrubbing the toilet with it. That the Virgin Mary was a virgin. Scientifically impossible. Unless we're talking about something 
okay, I'll be like you, I'll be the cynic. If we're talking about artificial insemination, how could that be? You're talking about going out to heaven, except we have the space shuttle going out there. We have the Apollo going out there. You do that. I'm will. not here to. I will. Wait, I'm not here to talk. Me, I'm not here me, to talk. Let me, let me do it. And you're you were a Catholic as a child, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you know full well that those issues are questions of faith. Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that what we have heard L. Ron Hubbard say on this broadcast this evening? That they, to Scientologists, are issues of faith. If that's what you're telling me, then that's fine. No, no, as a matter of fact, what I'm telling you, you, I'm telling you there's you talk about the Van uh, Allen belt or whatever, is that that forms. Hold on, wait, wait, pause this for a second. Boom! He's not going to answer, watch. Yeah, of course he's not going to answer. Because otherwise, he'd have to just be fucking flat out and say the people high up in the organization believe in fucking Xenu. Yeah. Because that's what he's talking about. I don't know the thing about the Van Allen belt or whatever, but he talked about the DC-8s and shit. That's the fucking yeah, Xenu. Xenu. He's just trying not to fucking say, hey, Xenu. By the way, Kirstie Alley got roasted on Twitter today. Oh, I didn't see it. I tagged you in it, too. But uh, long story short, she said, oh, I don't know how, blah, blah, blah. You can be stupid enough to believe that democratic socialism isn't just communism. And hell, people were like, just giving the Xenu story to her and shit in the comments. <laughs> like, just I said, hey, don't throw rocks when Xenu built your house. <laughs> she got roasted today she probably blocked hell of people probably not as many as david avocado wolf blocked in 2015 when he challenged people to a cage match and shit but almost <laughs> at that level current scientology but what, None did, but what did he mean when he was talking about it well you know quite frankly uh th this tape here he's talking about uh, the origins of the universe and i think you're going to find that in any 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 religion and I think you can make the same mockery of it. I think it's offensive that you're doing it here because I don't think I'm not mocking it. I'm asking you a question, and and, and you know <laughs> you you turn it around and ask me about Catholicism. I say we're talking about. Well, it's not even a matter faith. of faith because Scientology is about you yourself and what you. No, he's talking not about the fucking self-help shit right now. He asked you about like the fantastical story in it. He had the Pope on. He'd say, "Hey, you know the Virgin Mary and all this," and the Pope would just say, "Hey, these are matters of faith." Yeah. And, you know, the, the church, he basically flat out said, like, in Catholicism, there's a lot of shit that you don't really have a good reason to believe. And so, he didn't he didn't say, like, but Catholicism does a lot of good in the world, blah, blah, blah. He but called he's it, trying to say, oh, we do good in the world. Therefore, the crazy shit we believe is totally fine. And well, I mean, then why isn't Catholicism totally fine? I just feel like it was weird that Koppel gave him like a really clean out by just being like, these are matters of faith. And the guy couldn't just say, oh, well, then, yeah, you know, that's kind of the same thing. You know, thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for thanks for kind of looking at it the same way and being fair to us. Boom. Yeah. Done. Gracious. Perfect. Gave him an out. Dude would not take it. Yeah. And that is a great out because they're called the Church of Scientology. Like that's being that that kind of come to the thing in good faith and be charitable to your opponent or whatever that's demonstrably what he did there like absolutely mm -hmm. what he did there's nothing giving somebody an out so that you can move on on something that might be sticky or contentious or uncomfortable is super nice and that's yeah. a good way to handle it. he could have just got oh yeah you know I, now that you mention it that's sort of like what that is these are matters of faith boom done yeah faith is believing what you know ain't so let's go do you're bringing up something that isn't part of current scientology that isn't something uh that scientologists study that is part of some tape taken from i have no idea and asking me ot3 so is he saying that xenu is not real that's not what he said no that's what he said 
said it's taken from some tape that he doesn't know where it's from. And it's not something Scientologists talk about all the time, which is true because they're holding the soup cans and telling you about their last sex experience so they can hold it against you later. If you like licked butthole or whatever, because that wasn't cool. They weren't eating ass in, 20, in 1992 yet. <laughs> they were. They just weren't OK with it. They weren't talking about it. It wasn't it wasn't trendy and hip yet. People have been eating ass since. Been eating ass, been eating ass. I mean, people have been eating ass since there were people about it and asking me to put it in context okay. that i can't so do this, this has nothing to do with your faith if today. you read any books on science no val allen bell absolutely nothing. not nothing right. okay we're going to continue our discussion in just a moment since this has come out countless scientologists have come out of scientology and just said that that story is what they were told one of them even said i thought they were fucking with me to he said he thought it was like a test like to see if he was devoted enough. I think it was uh, Jason Bahe. He's been on and he's like a, he's like an actor. And he said, he th- I think what he said was that they thought that he thought they were testing, not his faith, but his devotion. Like, will you play along with this because you're devoted to our organization? Like kind of like a control method, right? Yeah. Uh, but then he realized that no, they want you to That's believe that. That's actually what they believe. Well, it's what they want you to believe once you're at operating Thetan level three. Otherwise you'll combust or some shit. Is that what OT stands for? Operating Thetan, yeah. <laughs> you no longer have the body Thetans. You are the Thetan. The hunter. Well, you be- always are a Thetan. The hunted has become the hunter. It's just you have body Thetans attached to you that cause things like disease. And, and you, you're inoperable, basically. And after and you addiction, after you go clear, you're an operating Thetan. It's like if you have cancer, that's just a body Thetan attached to you and if you remove that no this is what they believe if you remove that body thetan you will no longer have cancer to be fair some people go into permanent remission after the tumor is removed but i don't think that's what they believe this isn't a tumor the tumor is the symptom of the body thetan which is the cause so if you remove the body thetan you remove the cause of the tumor and the tumor will go away that's what Scientologists believe. But that's like saying if somebody shot you and then you uh, fucking threw the gun in the river, now nobody has the gun and you haven't been shot anymore. Like the, the tumor is still an injury essentially to your body, right? Like it's still like this m- fucked up clump of cells. That like I guess they might believe that. I don't know exactly what they believe happens after the Thetan is removed. But they believe that disease is caused by Thetans. So if you have pink eye, that's not because you got shit in your eye. That's because... Thetans. Yeah, there was a Thetan glomming onto your eyeball and we're back once again with david miscavige uh i'm gonna let you i wish you would have said back once again with the ill behavior because then i would have been i would have been like oh i gotta sample that but it's ted koppel he doesn't say that you get to the point you want to get to but i was astonished during the break you told me you had never heard that tape before no i've never heard that tape. ron hubbard tape no i'm not i mean it may exist there but i haven't heard it i mean i don't i don't know if you understand there are six thousand lectures by mr hubbard there are over 20 million words of printed words in Scientology. <clears throat> and, uh... Well, then you're taking the L. Ron Hubbard out of context. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So good. As soon as you started saying it, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't come up with that. I'm like, I suck at, I suck at hosting this show. He never heard... Maybe, sir, it's you that don't understand Scientology. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if he said, well, sir, maybe you don't understand Scientology, and it's time for you to do a little bit of homework. Yes. Wish he, David Miscavige, you don't understand Scientology. Available in or at least you didn't so in 1992. Well, fine, then. I don't think anything's being hidden either. I just personally haven't heard that tape. Okay. No. Now, you wanted to get back to the issue of the, of the psychiatrist. Yes. And, and, and let me, if I may, by way of introduction to that, 
I did not interrupt you before, but you were talking about the use of psychiatry in Nazi Germany, the use of psychiatry in the Soviet Union. Yes. I would argue, and I think most psychiatrists in this country would argue, that what we're talking about here was the misuse of psychiatry in both those countries. Well, okay. Uh, and, and if we're talking about the misuse, fine. In any event, I think any use that ends up killing people is a misuse, and I think that's a hell of a record to have. But l let me get back to where I was, because it does tie in. You say the misuse, but I don't know if you're aware that there was a plan in 1955 in this country, Ted, to repeat what was done in Russia. There was going to be a Siberia, USA set up on a million acres in Alaska. What was he also pre-Alex Jones? <laughs> Look, listen to this thing you see here. I'm going to go back 10 seconds because this thing he's about to say is wild, right? He's basically mm -hmm. talking about a FEMA camp, I think. A psychiatry FEMA camp. Sort he's of. talking about... No, he's talking about those... Gulag. Yeah. He's like, psychiatrists are making a gulag. Buy my, buy my brain pills. <laughs> I mean, they do sell things for a lot of money. Scientologists, yeah, we watched a whole thing on on the shit they print, and that shit does, that shit's not cheap. No, how much is the Scientology? How much is that book you bought? Oh, I didn't buy it, but that packet we have, the whole thing with the with the with the box, is thousands of dollars. Fifty five in this country, Ted, to repeat what was done in Russia. There was going to be a Siberia, USA, set up on a million acres in Alaska to send mental patients. They were going to lessen the commitment laws. You could basically get into an argument with somebody and be sent up there. This sounds very odd. All right. Nobody's First thing they offer is the beginning books package. It's like uh, like eight or nine books, it looks like. Mm -hmm. $205. What about the... Um they come in, the things that come in boxes with DVDs and, uh, and and books and stuff for thousands of dollars. He's ever heard about it. That's in no small part thanks to the Church of Scientology. I must say, though, when that bill was killed in Congress, the war was on with psychiatry, where they declared war on us. And I want you to understand something. Let me, let me just ask you to be specific on that. You were talking about <coughs> a bill having been brought into Congress for the setting aside of a million acres in Alaska. You got it. For people send mental health send patients. mental health patients. What was the, who was the sponsor of that bill? What was the bill number? I mean, we'd, I'm, I'm well, the, sure we're going to... Well, I have a copy of it, and if you want it, I can give it to you. I all of these documents, all of these documents were made available to Forrest. If they're not on here... I don't know why, but I do have okay. them, and I will now, make it available was to you. That, was that bill ever voted on? Did it ever, oh, did yes. it ever come oh, out of yes. committee? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was a major, major, major flap for the psychiatrist when it got voted down. He knows everything about it except anything about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a shame they didn't have Google, because like, he could have just Googled that and been like, okay, so here's why you're wrong. But, I mean, he knows everything about it except for any, any way to identify it, right? Yeah. It's convenient. Because then the slogan around the country began Siberia, USA. And it was really the first time that psychiatry had been denigrated publicly, that they weren't the science that they had been promoting themselves to be. And they took it upon themselves then to start dealing with anybody who would oppose them. They definitely saw Dianetics and Scientology as opposing them, not only in terms of their brutal treatments, such as electric shock and prefrontal lobotomy, which are specific things. Here, pause this again. for a second. But so the thing about psychology and and scientology is yes he's right psychology started out pretty shitty like most sciences do right but because psychologists were like hey we're gonna start here but let's follow the scientific method and see where it takes us nowadays like 
we know those things don't work. And yet Scientology has the exact opposite approach. They're like, hey, let's start out with like this preachy guy who doesn't seem too bad. And let's just go with our gut feeling and see where it takes us. And then eventually they were locking people in rooms, making them scrub the floors with toothbrushes. Right, but they weren't doing it in the name of psych- psychology, so it's fine. Those people are uh, they're working their way up the bridge to total freedom. I'm like highly skeptical of the claim about like the, the thing in Alaska, too. I'm like highly skeptical about his claim. He hasn't given us, I think he gave us little enough information that it would be hard to Google the claim. Also for the fact of the people. But Amer- American, Sci- just look up American Siberia Scientology, I think. I'm going to look up Alaska. Dianetics and Scientology and not there. They went to the Food and Drug Administration. They went to the American Medical Association. They arranged an informant to go into our headquarters here in Washington, D.C. and infiltrate the organization over the next five years. I have documents on this, too. That's called an undercover cop, you dumb motherfucker. All right, so it's the Alaska Mental Health Enabling Act of 1956 was an act of Congress passed to improve mental health care in the United States Territory of Alaska. Uh, It became the focus of a major political controversy after opponents nicknamed it the Siberia Bill and denounced it as being part of a communist plot to hospitalize and brainwash Americans. Campaigners asserted that it was part of an international Jewish, Roman Catholic, or psychiatric conspiracy intended to establish United Nations-run concentration camps in the United States. Whoa. So, like, the... Sounds like a lot of people were... Had some crazy uh, conspiracy theories about this bill. It's, um... Like some version of like the great replacement or whatever the jews are conspiring to put you in a fucking camp or whatever come on like that's just like every conspiracy theory ever right about anything it's the same fucking shit he just spread a conspiracy theory on fucking abc news nightline yeah it's like always the jews or the un or the yeah the, the globalist the new world order or apparently in scientology's mind the fucking psychiatrists. Right, because they have a powerful lobby. <laughs> They're not like less than like half a percent of society, some of whom have massive student debt or anything like that. <laughs> oh, this uh, it's protocols of the elders of Zion and shit. It's just blame the Jews, blame, blame, blame the Jews, everything. They wanted to get somebody in the church to recommend medical treatment. Couldn't get them to do it. Walk in and say, I want to be cured medically. People wouldn't do it. They finally went so far as getting the head of the D.C., morals the moral department of the dc police to send his daughter in as an informant pregnant to get an abortion to ask the church to do it a frame job the church didn't go for it they did then raid the church when you say they you're talking about who now i am talking this is the apa ama food and drug administration the american medical association is a fucking lobby the apa i think that's the american psychiatric association that is a lobby these are not government organizations. Apparently they raided Scientology. These are lobbies or I'm sorry, industry groups. We're going to go back. I think you only mentioned one government agency. When hey, you're talking about who now? I am talking. This is a, the APA AMA Food and Drug Administration. These people are all coordinated doing these activities. And it- the FDA can raid you. Well, I think they usually would have normal. Yes. 
the the FDA probably doesn't. The FDA would probably partner with local law enforcement or whatever to, to to like raid somebody who's you know not complying or whatever. Right? It's not like the FDA has their own army, but the FDA is a a, a government organization. The first two, in fact, I know the AMA isn't one. It's a it's an industry organization. So this guy's just full of shit. It's like thinking that fucking. It's like thinking that your local chamber of commerce is going to do a drug raid on your house. <laughs> Went on for five years, Ted. And you have to understand. We only find this out recently. They then proceed to raid our church. Now, the following takes place: they killed one of our executive directors. They literally murdered. The Food and Drug Administration hired an informant to go into our organization in Seattle, Washington. Uh, his wife was there. He wasn't for Scientology. She was. They said, great, report on her and report on Scientology. He proceeded to do so. Several weeks later, murdered the head of our organization. The Food and Drug Administration never told us that it was their informant. Instead, wait, instead, they got with the D.C., I mean, with the Seattle police, and went undercover in the organization on the homicide investigation to rifle our files. At that same time, and here's where the media comes in, a man interviewed L. Ron Hubbard for the Saturday Evening Post, came out with an unbelievably bad article in that magazine. Of course, Scientology said, you're part of this Food and Drug Administration thing. And of course, he said, oh, excuse me, you just sound like the fringe, which is very easy to say. What do I find out 20 years later through the Freedom of Information Act? I find out that this man, a man named James Phelan, had been well, the Saturday Evening Post had been written to by the Food and Drug Administration to get a discrediting article written on Mr. Hubbard and Scientology to help their case against us. That this man went, then went and interviewed Mr. Hubbard. He interviewed him for two days. Mr. Hubbard provided him with tapes and transcripts. The man came back here to the United States. Mr. Hubbard was in England and provided those transcripts to the Food and Drug Administration for their case a full week before he ever wrote his article. This guy is talking about an investigation. I am basically I'm generally against law enforcement sending the press like a member of the press somewhere to gather evidence, right? Because you're supposed to trust the press, right? But this isn't something that only happened to Scientology. This is they'll send a reporter if they think you're the murderer and they also think you're a megalomaniac. They'll find a local reporter who's going to do a story on you because you might say some dumb shit to that local reporter because you're some kind of weird megalomaniac. Who thinks you're getting away with everything, right? And you might get all kind of braggadocious and oh, the cops are stupid and blah, blah you know. You might say dumb shit. I don't you might f- write a book called If I Did It, Here's How. Right. Or Dianetics. Right. But what I'm saying is I don't like that. I think that it's it's uh, unethical, right? Because the press is supposed to be like independent from law enforcement. But this isn't like some fucking thing that only happened to Scientology. This is sta- this was standard practice in an investigation of an organization that was hard to get into. You send anybody that you think that you you try to get information from anybody you think that you can get it for for you. I think the 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 journalist who did it might have been unethical, but maybe they had some shit on the journalist too. You don't know if they had leverage on the journalist, right? That shit's dirty. Investigations are dirty, especially undercover investigations. That's how you ha- they have to be. They're just complaining. He's just complaining about being investigated. There were probably warrants for all this stuff, like all the. You know what I'm saying? He's not saying that any of this stuff was done improperly. And if they hadn't found something, he'd be like, oh, yeah, they investigated me and they didn't find nothing. But no, he's not saying that. He's saying they investigated me, which is wrong. Right. Which leads me to believe that they found something. 
Like they don't just raid your church. Like America is like very churchy place. So for you to get your church raided, even if you're not technically a church, like they weren't at this point, if you're just a pyramid scheme, still, if you're like people, if people are calling it a religion, like the U S government has always been pretty squeamish about that shit. Um, unless you're Muslim article, we have got to take another break. We'll continue our discussion. Even if you're Muslim though, your church is probably not going to get raided. Mr. Miscavige, I must admit, I'm curious. Uh, you have been the head of the Church of Scientology now for, what, a little over 10 years? Uh, not not really the head there, but certainly a senior Scientologist. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, you're the head. Fuck off with that bullshit. You just told me again earlier this evening, you have not done any interviews. No. A, tell me why, and B, why now? Why now? Okay, why not? Let me tell you something. I once added up all the press that had been written about me before the first reporter called trying to speak to me. And from around the world, it stacked up to four and a half feet. By then... Four and a half feet? What, did he print it? Did he get copies? Like, how does that even work? He's, he's lying. He's it on post-it notes, one letter each. I think he's lying. Like, is you... Everything that had been written about him, he doesn't have access to newspapers in Brazil. Yeah. Like, you can't just get those... Del- I mean, I guess you could, but it would be... You would have to get them all delivered just to find the article about you. Like, we didn't have the internet. What the fuck's he talking about? Like, printers were like, you printing four, it would take forever on your dot matrix printer. Like, this is like when Donald Trump printed out the, I mean, he didn't even print anything. They were just blank papers. But he had the two stacks where he was like, this stack is big and this stack is small. Therefore, Republicans win. He's like, speaking of stack, have you seen my daughter Ivanka? It was myth and legend. Uh, and then, uh, only on one or two occasions can I think of that somebody has asked to speak to me, but never to interview me. It was always, I want to ask you about some allegations. That's literally an interview. Like if somebody, yes. if somebody, <clears throat> somebody was like, Hey, I want to talk to you. I don't like what you're saying on your show. I'd be like, that's great. I'd be like, would you talk to HK instead though? He'd probably do a better job, but that's Let's a, do that interview. That's an interview. Yes. I think he means like give them give them an hour on primetime TV as an interview. I would totally do an interview for this show. No matter who it was. If somebody if have somebody really liked us, that'd be like way more boring than if somebody was pissed off that we were comparing Scientology to the intellectual dark web, which is fucking what exactly I want to happen next. Even if they were like gish galloping all over me, I'd still enjoy the interview. If somebody does that, you have two options. One, since we have this fabulous studio here, you play some gish gallop music. Maybe only route it to our own listeners. Because <laughs> if somebody was interviewing you and it was hostile, we would also broadcast and record it, right? Yes, absolutely. And if they told us we couldn't, we'd say, okay, we're not going to do that. And then we'd do yes. it anyway. I would only do an interview where, you know, I could record my side. If you wanted. Well, no, there's nothing stopping us. So they couldn't prevent us from it. Well, California is a, a two-party state, so it would be illegal to record it without their consent. I wonder how that works. So if I so- wouldn't do an interview if they didn't consent to me recording it. I wonder I wonder how that works though, like in a media hit. Like I wonder if they're recording, like does that kind of go out the window because they're recording? I'm curious. I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. But I would certainly hit record anyway. Maybe like uh I consent to this this conversation being recorded by either of us. 
I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I, that's that's interesting. If if someone tells you they're recording you, I feel like that can I feel like that that's and I don't think that's necessarily the case. But if, if you find out that somebody's recording you, if you're in a two party consent state, I feel like just the statement that they're recording you should be consent for you to record them as well. I don't see any reason why not. And in the context of like a media hit or it whatever, should be, yeah. in the context of a media hit, it would be very hard, like I think, to for the other party to say that they were somehow uh, damaged by you recording something that they themselves were recording for their own media outlet. Yeah, if there are any like uh, law experts or uh, listening who could give us a little uh, information on this topic. And to that degree, I would like to I'm not interested. I gave you the story about this reporter. Quite frankly, from my uh, view, a lot of the people who have written stories on Scientology are doing it from a certain pitch. Uh, they already have their story somewhat made up. Uh, they've already made up. Yeah, it's because like a cursory glance of Scientology tells you it's fucking crazy. Also, I feel like I may be stretching a little bit here, but I also feel like he's sort of doing almost accusing everybody of coming in bad faith that's 100 percent what he's doing he's like oh you want to do a story about me you heard a thing that we did that was bad now you're asking me about that thing that you heard about that we did was bad you've come here in bad faith because you think we did something bad yeah even if it's like hey explain this bad shit that i heard right you could just say oh that's not true and then we reached out for scientology they denied the accusations boom done yeah or i'm not going to talk to you well, you had to to tell me that, but okay. We reached out for comment. They did not have a comment. Boom. Done. Oh, this is, yeah, he's accusing. Yeah, it's it's 100% an accusation of bad faith, right? Yes. He's Sam Harrising all over this guy. Like, it's not exactly the same, but it's like, it's close. I would say it's exactly the same, just not the same words. Right. It's because he's a, a lunatic in a cult and Sam Harris is a lunatic with a trust fund. Yes. But they well, both. Sam Harris kind of has his own cult, or at least he's starting to try one. Mm. Or he's starting, he's trying to start one. I think he's sort of, I mean, the meditation thing is a little bit weird and wooey, but it's not cult like. But I've noticed that he sort of got out of like talking about the intellectual dark web and having that group of people on his show or going on their shows and stuff outside of Weinstein. But I think he like kind of owed Weinstein. But I, I think he I think he may know well enough that eventually that whole shit's going to be bad for his brand. Maybe. But Jordan Peterson certainly is gone. You know, well entrenched in his cult. That's different because he's selling people like this. He's selling it's it's more Scientology like what Jordan Peterson is doing, I think. Cuz it's like this kind of pseudoscience that's supposed to help you with your mind and like it's not that the the modern science of mental health isn't that far away from like 12 rules for life. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. lot closer to it than waking up like a, a atheist guide to spirituality or whatever. It, I think what Jordan Peterson's doing is closer. He's telling you he's going to help you with life skills where Sam Harris is making no such claim. Okay. Uh, but this guy's more Sam Harris than Jordan Peterson, for sure. Do you think so? I think he's equal parts Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson. I think Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson both took parts of, I mean, they don't know they did conjecture, it. but they don't know they did it. Yeah. But like they, they're both doing the same things that, that, uh, that David Miscavige is doing, you know, 20 years prior. 
Oh my god, this is hella old. His suits fly. His hair's coiffed nice. He's definitely a definitely like in presentation more Dave Rubin. But fuck if this guy isn't smarter than Dave Rubin. The chromatic aberration though. It's a waste of my time, I have to be honest. Why now? It's live. Okay. It is live. Uh, as you know, initially, I mean, we... And you to, asked. But that's what we certainly did. You we asked. asked and, and we have been talking to each other sure, now absolutely. And, and negotiating now for about nine months. That really has never happened. Initially, me. we wanted you to come on because you folks were really upset mm -hmm. about that cover story that Time Magazine did. Yes. Now, a lot of people have been upset by stories in the press about them. Mm -hmm. Certainly a cover story has more impact than just any old story in a magazine, and Time is a big magazine. But... One might argue that, that your response to it, your reaction to it, was huge. Mm -hmm. I think Forrest said you spent $3 million in USA Today alone with some of those full-page ads, double-truck ads that you ran. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't you also run some TV ads, some radio ads? On no, that? nothing on time. And by the way, when you say the $3 million, that, that was an advertising campaign. You have to understand, the first three weeks of it were about the Time magazine and correcting the falsehoods on it. Right. That was a campaign that ran for 12 weeks. The rest of it was... Attempting to inform the public of what Scientology right. was. Now, I, I, I told you we've got to take a break in, okay. in exactly one minute, so I, I may have to cut you short if, okay. you, if you go longer on this. But why were you so... What was it about the Time magazine story that so upset you? Because it was... They came in bad faith and they took me out of context. And um, it was a hit piece and um, they don't even understand the science. <laughs> Let's see if he says that pretty much. I know I watched this already, but I kind of forget it. Like, it's kind of droning. Like you're not going to remember all the details, right? wasn't reporting on anything. It was an attempt to cause something. Richard Behar is a hater. Behar. He, he had done an article on Scientology three years earlier in conjunction with the Internal Revenue Service. The man was on record on two occasions attempting to get Scientologists kidnapped. That is an illegal act. When you get somebody like that doing an article, you're not too interested. Right. Let's, let's leave that hanging in the air, and I promise we'll okay. come back to it. Uh, I, I think both you and Mr. Behar deserve... Uh, more on that subject. I'll be back in a moment. So regarding the, the Alaska Mental Health Enabling Act, mm -hmm. uh, Wikipedia's article goes on about the effects of the act after they talk about the the Church of Scientology trying to destroy the act. The act succeeded in its initial aim of establishing a mental health care system in for Alaska, funded by income from lands allocated by a mental health trust. However, during the 1970s and early 1980s, Alaskan politicians systematically stripped the trust of its lands, transferring the most valuable land to private individuals and state agencies. The asset stripping was eventually ruled to be illegal following several years of litigation, and a reconstituted mental health trust was established in the mid-1980s. So it sounds like this bill succeeded in doing what it was trying to do, and it wasn't establishing some uh, Siberia, American Siberia. So what you're saying is primarily that it was designed to help the folks of Alaska who were in crisis. Is that fair? Yes. And that the things that Scientology said about this bill that would happen if it passed didn't happen when it passed. So, I can see maybe a fringe case, not even a fringe case, just a, a case or maybe more than one case where someone's in a state with a poor mental health system and maybe they would have had the option to go to that place. But it's not like what he said is, oh, if you yell at anybody, they're going to fucking 
lock you up in this fucking Siberia jail up in Alaska. And that's just what didn't happen. Yes, exactly. Whether or not that was anyone's intent, which fucking we can't read the minds of people in the 50s, right? Yeah. But that didn't happen. I'm What Scientology was saying was not true. Imagine that. This ABC News Nightline exclusive has been brought to you by Ford and your Ford dealer. Have you driven a Ford ellipsis lately? Question mark. I just wonder, like, if they try to copyright us for this, can I be like, but you got to ran your fucking commercial. Like, your advertiser got paid. Somebody went, somebody went out and bought a fucking uh, Ford Taurus from 1992 because of this show. It's a wagon. It was it was nifty. Also, I love that slogan because it's basically admitting like, hey, look, okay, we agree. Ford sucked. But like, we've made it a little better. A conversation with David Miscavige now continues. Here again. It's like that Domino's commercial recently. As you can see, our hour is up. But uh, A, the opportunity to talk to Mr. Miscavige is such a rare one. And B, we really do have some issues that have been left hanging that we're going to go a few minutes over our allotted time. You a few minutes over our allotted time. It's like on the big show. And I'm like, oh, we'll go a little long. And then all of a sudden it's fucking 1030 or some shit. And we're like, oh, shit, we haven't even gone into red light. The show's been over for an hour and a half. Or here, uh, in case anyone didn't know, this show is supposed to only last one hour. I said but at the beginning we're going to go long. Right now it's do... what eight sixteen. So, so. we get in like a, like an hour ten because we don't ever really start till five minutes after. Right? Oh, usually we go till closer to nine. Right with the regular show. No, so, with this show yeah. we always we've never ended at eight. Oh, we we did once, but that's because I was like, oh shit, it's eight o'clock. We're done. And I played a song, <laughs> <laughs> and then we did Steven Crowder videos or some shit after. But yeah, it's like when you're talking to someone interesting, someone who's got some really stupid shit to say, you want to go long. Of Time Magazine, the reporter who wrote the cover story for Time, uh, that he had, what, conspired with someone to try to get some... No, no, he was... Scientology He had written an original article and some people had called him up and he was telling them to kidnap Scientologists. He, now, was, he was telling them to kidnap Scientologists. Yes, and get, the, and get them forcibly deprogrammed, which, according to Ted Patrick, who was the father of deprogramming, right. uh, it always includes kidnapping, usually assault and battery, and certainly with the intent to commit a felony. Right. Now, kidnapping, now, as you well know, is, is, a, is a federal crime in this case. Well, let me tell you something. There was one person who uh, he used in that article that was, that was at the behest of him that infiltrated our church in New Jersey, uh, he didn't quote this in his article. I didn't find out until actually about a month ago. And the person has just been arrested. As a matter of fact, four people from this same group I mentioned at the beginning of the show have just been put under arrest last week for forcible kidnapping. A person's from another faith. You have to understand something, Ted. These people that, that he aligns with, this cult awareness network, which every one of these people are a part of. Although I, I told you during a break that my producer told me in, in my earpiece right after it, I was going to leave it alone. That all of those people maintain they are not in that color well, awareness group. Well, n- no, they don't, because I'll tell you right now, uh, I... <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> I'm going to just argue with you right now, because uh, I don't want the American people to know the truth. I'm going to bring up a little notepad here, because there's a funny story about the cult awareness network. It's like during that fucking... During the fucking talks today about impeachment, when... Adam Schiff had to come on like after every single fucking Republican and be like, okay, so here's the truth about what they just said, which was a lie. Well, that was Nadler that was coming on. I watched some. Oh, of yeah. That. Nadler. If we, we can we stay on this? Yeah. Thanks. I spoke to uh, 
Well, that's just not the case. But in any event... Uh, can, can, can we stay on Mr. Behar for a moment? Absolutely. Because, because you have made what is really a very serious charge, and that is that he was Oh, he admits involved, to it. That he was involved in... I'm sure he does not involve... Uh, uh, no, he admits to, to being, wanting to get a Scientologist to kidnapped. involved in kidnapping. That would be a very serious admission. He absolutely well admits to wanting to get a Scientologist so kidnapped. You, it's in your Washington Post. So why didn't you bring charges against him? Uh, he didn't succeed. He didn't succeed. Our point as, is this, as, Ted. As, as I said, you're you missing. Before, the, there is such a thing as attempted rape, attempted murder, attempted kidnapping. It's also yeah, a crime. But they didn't make it. They didn't make it. I mean, the point is this. It doesn't matter. It's still a crime. He's basically telling him that he thinks he's lying, right? Mm-hmm. In the most polite possible fashion, he's like, "Hey, the thing you're talking about is a pretty serious crime, and you should probably report this to the police." Yeah, it's like when. <laughs> It's like when Madison Starman was like, ah, they're spraying me with pesticide. I'm dying. And, <laughs> and the like, do you need 911 an operators. Yeah. Do you need an ambulance? No. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same thing. You know, I had somebody like in the chat. They're like, hey, you talk about all these ideas in scattershot. And I'm like, I think we're talking about the same thing in a bunch of different contexts and a bunch of different ways around here. Like control groups, conspiracy theory and politics. They're all together. Politics nowadays, yeah. Well, they're all together. They always have been. It's I guess just... always politics. Yeah, there's always fringe conspiracy theories. Well, conspiracy but, theory is always political. But the the control group stuff. The is right new. has gone very much conspiracy theory heavy these days. Right, but I was like, I, I was, I was like, I was like, this is all the same shit. Fight me, and then they followed. They were like, I like you. <laughs> okay, the person would have to bring charges. I think you're really missing the issue, Ted, because my point is this. That man... No, 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 no. I know what the person probably said. What the person probably said is there are cult deprogrammers out there, and it would be... I would be... I think it would be good if they focused on Scientology. Some version of that, right? That's probably what the person said. They probably didn't say, hey, go kidnap Becky from the org in Clearwater and deprogrammer because that would be an incitement to a crime, but saying that, Hey, there are groups that get people out of cults and they're called deprogrammers. And those people might want to, you know, reach out to the family members of Scientologists. It's probably like, I don't know what the guy said, but it seems like that's probably what somebody who has investigated the cult might say. I think David Miscavige's definition of cult or of a, of kidnapping is different than, the definition of kidnapping. Uh, that's that's also, you know what? I ain't big on pedantry, but you're probably right. Represents himself as an objective reporter. Here he is on record a full three years before he wrote this article stating that he felt Scientology should be kidnapped to change their religion. Second of all, let's look at this article and let's not fool ourselves. It wasn't an objective piece. It was done. Okay, hold on. Wait a second. That's the, the Time article they're talking about. Just so everybody knows, it's really famous Time cover. It's as the fucking volcano, like a like an artist rendition of the volcano from Dianetics. Just says Scientology, a cult of greed. And so the article, in fact, is not objective. When it's on the cover of one of the most popular magazines in the world, and it calls your shit a cult of greed, that is a hit piece. That doesn't mean that it's incorrect. But the person who wrote the article had some background on you and had probably formed an opinion on you before they wrote an article like that. 
Yeah, and Time Magazine doesn't say like everything we write is objective. Or impartial. Yeah. Impartiality is stupid anyway. Like, I'm not impartial to the cult of Scientology. Like, they took my friend 15 years ago. Nobody's seen her. She's probably alive, but fucking they took this girl who was like a rave promoter and they just fucking took her. She did it of her own free will, but like, yeah, I'm fucking biased. Like, so what? Am I saying anything untrue about Scientology because of that bias or am I just more likely to cover it in like a negative way? Because those aren't the same thing. Yeah. Scientology has a way of removing people from society. Right. Because they tell you that your friends, when you, when you go to join Scientology, they're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. They're like, oh, well, that's just a suppressive person. And it's different than the way of like MLMs removing people from society. Because with an MLM, it's, you know, society removes them from itself. Whereas with Scientology, it's they remove themselves from society. Although I think if your friend gets stuck in an MLM, you should probably do everything in your power to maintain contact and try to get them out. We should do an MLM next. True, but it's very annoying to be friends with someone who's in an MLM. We should open the next year with like a one, find like a guy, a guy or a gal who runs an MLM who's very charismatic and see if we can maybe draw some. Uh, like who runs Herbalife? Like, is there an interview of that person? Because they may be using the same kind of tactics, right? Oh, you're yeah, taking all this every, out of context. All con- the grifters use the same tactics. You're you're not reading enough of our material. You're taking all this out of context. All these. You trust the FDA, right? Well, I think. Ooh, ooh, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Peterson's like, oh, you trust the people in the social sciences, even yeah. though I think psychology is is it a social science? I think it might be. It's sort of in a fuzzy area, right? With economics, because psychology isn't like all hard science. And Sam Harris is. Oh, you trust people who are academically Black? scientific. Oh. I thought you were going to say black because they have like less IQ and, and if they live in sub-Saharan Africa, they even have less IQ. But wait, I mean, people who are academically scientific don't believe in the bell curve because the evidence doesn't support the bell curve. But Sam uh, Harris believes in the bell curve. Uh, yeah, I think he just sees um, he you know what? I wonder if we took Scientology out of this and gave him the David Miscavige story if he would be sympathetic to it until we told him it was Scientology because it's the, no, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. You take Scientology out of the equation. This guy's just being shit on by the media for what he says, because what he says is stupid and wrong. Yeah. And some of what he said is also, he also posited what appears to be an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, but we'll just set that aside. Yeah. We keep running into anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Most conspiracy theories are, that's right. At the bottom of the rabbit hole is that weird drawing of the Jewish guy with the big nose, no matter what rabbit hole you're at the bottom of. Except for the Bigfoot people. I bet they don't hate the Jews. <laughs> no, I don't think the Bigfoot people think the Jews are hiding Bigfoot. But the Loch Ness people do. Are there any Jews there? Probably not. I, the Loch Ness monster people are just Bigfoot people in Europe. They're probably cool, too. <laughs> well, no, they just think there's an animal out there. Yeah, the uh, the cryptozoologist conspiracy theorists, they're they're cool. They're yeah. all right. They're, they have good weed. They have weed. I was corrected in the chat when we were talking about it earlier. They said, ah, oh, the only Bigfoot person I ever met did not have good weed, but they did have weed. They have weed. It's just not good. Right. Okay. Well, think times have changed because nobody has any shitty weed anymore except like Arkansas. <laughs> I think that's where Puff Shake lives. <laughs> Modern super marijuana. <laughs> it's like <laughs> is everywhere. <laughs> of Eli Lilly. They were upset because of the damage we had caused to their killer drug, Prozac. 
They set up that article, they use their advertising dollar to force it to run, and that's the fact. All right. Now, if, if that is the fact... Uh, Wait, isn't that what the anti-vaxxers say? Don't the anti-vaxxers say that you're all in on it with the fucking ph- Big Pharma and shit? Yeah, it's always Big Pharma. Because you know who runs Big Pharma? The Jews. Like you said, the bottom of every rabbit hole. It's not surprising to me that in the last 18 months or so, uh, more and more people have started seeing what they believe to be Scientology propaganda and anti-vaccine groups on Facebook. Because it sort of is like not that far away from their kind of anti-psychiatric drug stance. True, but it's also like I was saying earlier, like if someone has a stupid shitty belief, they likely have multiple stupid shitty beliefs. Because if you get good at like reducing the amount of stupid things you believe, then you're going to reduce all those things. Like, it's not like there's one thing you're going to be like, oh, well, I believe this over. Well, sometimes there is, but, you know, you're a lot less likely to believe in like the moon landing hoax theory. If you don't believe in chemtrails. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I understand it. It probably goes chemtrails people almost all believe in the moon landing hoax but a lower percentage of the moon landing hoax probably people believe in chemtrails because chemtrails is like newer bullshit than the moon landing hoax yeah. bullshit so yeah. it's like more socially acceptable <clears throat> but i think that maybe the reason that people that scientology would be recruiting in anti-vaccine areas is because those people tend to be white and uh, upper middle class and stupid and don't forget impl- that there's a lot of stupid people but not all of them are white and upper middle class Scientology's target audience is white and upper middle class. Not all stupid people are Scientologists, but all Scientologists, no, no, not, not quite all Scientologists are stupid. You know, um, uh, John Atak, who I've interviewed a few times and who's shown up on some of these Scientology videos we play, he would completely disagree with you that dumb people join cults and he's studies cults. He says it's when you're, He said it's just almost always the sunk cost fallacy, like just smaller. Like, yeah, that's true. There are a lot of smart people in cults because they may be smart, but being smart doesn't mean you have good critical thinking skills. And it also like think about it like you're in for five hundred dollars. Well, I may as well stay now. You're in for ten thousand dollars. Well, I may as well stay. And they could tell you more and more ridiculous things because you're like, I've already devoted my life to this. Yeah, I've spent one hundred thousand dollars on this thing. Why would I leave now just because they're telling me that? Aliens flew to flew to Earth in DC eights. Like anybody could join a cult. Otherwise, nobody would join a cult. Right? Because they couldn't just have stupid people because then nobody could administer and nobody could market. Like Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. It has to be smart people. And it has to be smart people who are like who are like willing to abandon I think I think what happened it's not willing to abandon criticism of the cult. It's willing to and maybe this will come back to like the reason that we're talking about this in this interview specifically, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I'm not I wasn't just farting into the wind that you're seeing some of the same stuff here. Yeah, especially oh, especially that shit about Dianetics and the criticism that was like almost verbatim. But it's people willing to drink their own fucking Kool Aid and think that they've cracked the code. And that's the same with Jordan Peterson fans, Sam Harris fans. They're like telling themselves, "Well, I'm a critical thinker, and because I agree with this, this must be critical thinking." It's <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, I know it's not that simple and I know it's like more complicated psychologically, but you're also, there's like some feedback loop from the community where you, the Scientologists probably love bombing when you get there too. I mean, they must, right. They must tell you, Oh, you're so smart. You're going to do so good at this. 
every church does. And I think that that like one, and I'm not sure if there's a lot of new Sam Harris fans, but I bet if somebody's a really new Sam Harris fan and they were to jump on like some community about Sam Harris, everybody would like welcome them with open arms. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, those people also they have a name for out outsiders, social justice warriors, uh, postmodernists. Right, they have these names. Yeah, these that people. apply to just everyone outside them, even the people that, even like right-leaning political, just random people, they would call them social justice warriors or normies. They might call them normies. They're yeah. you're not, you haven't been red pilled, and these they call them suppressive persons in Scientology. Yeah, it's like there's one always the, a name for the outsiders. And I mean, we have names for outsiders, but we like use their name. Like Jordan Peterson, we don't have a name for every outsider. Well, they, there's but every, no name that includes every outsider because people are people are complex. And yeah, yeah, that's right. We don't like uh, people complain about everybody calling everybody a Nazi, but we're like pretty hesitant. We'll call people white supremacists. We're like, well, that guy's yes. saying a bunch of white supremacist shit, so that's a white supremacist. But like, but like, Sam we just, Harris might not. Well, I don't know. Sam Harris is a. A, a bit a bit white supremacist i think with him it's that he's comfortable with the power structure and i think that's different like if he was going to put the structure together i don't think he would include uh racial bias like if he could reorganize humanity it's not like stefan molyneux who would be like oh well i was stefan Depo- molyneux is absolutely white supremacist but i also think that uh somebody like sam harris and well, maybe- like dave rubin for example he's i don't think he's white supremacist um no but he's he sympathizes with white supremacists again it's like he doesn't he's not um like i i would wager that maybe you and i would both say that like white supremacy is like appalling and like it's wrong and backwards and that it like insofar as it permeates our society still we should be trying to get rid of it and that that folks who maybe go too far in that endeavor are still good people and they just need better tactics, right? If folks like people who, you know, the typical people who just, they would call them triggered or SJWs or whatever. Like some of this is bad tactics from the left, okay. from our, from our point of view, right? Because it gives fodder to the other side, but we don't think that like people go too far all the time. The problem, the problem is that like, the problem is that when, when people go too far, like towards social justice, they're just annoying to some folks, right? Yeah. But when people but go like, too far the other way, like, like we're SJWs, but we are totally annoying. Have you read our uh, iTunes comments? <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is like, you know, there are the SJWs that like, you just wouldn't hang out with at a party, but they're the same kind of people that are the people on the right that we wouldn't hang out with at a party right it isn't necessarily about their politics it's just like oh this person's hard to talk to and i'm yeah i've been drinking and i don't like this person they could be totally fine it's just they're hard to talk to and when we look at someone on the right and see that we don't go oh everyone on the right must be that way no we know like there's plenty of charming people on the right yeah there are tons of like people that i would definitely go to a party to Right. go to a party with on the right it's just you know if we started talking about politics i'd be like hey let's talk about baseball instead or something right you know? but those are also probably the people who aren't going to tell you about the great replacement yeah <laughs> because then like i don't know i have like a visceral reaction to that i'm like oh what you're saying is totally racist and like this like this is frightening to me and uh, we should end this conversation immediately 
Yeah, at that point, it's like, no, I don't want to talk about baseball with you. I just don't want to talk to you. Right, right. You go. You just go over there where the girls aren't. Because <laughs> people who <laughs> yeah. ha- it just so happens that the incels tend to be white supremacists. <laughs> I'm sure that you have evidence of that. Well, here's what I do have of that. I do have a man here in Washington, D.C. named Duffy Wall, another one named Walter Moore. These are lobbyists for Eli Lilly. We have Burson Marsteller, the PR firm for Eli Lilly. The reason I'm saying this, you have to understand, this isn't my charge. I'm telling you. Okay, it's the globalists. They have this network. This network includes Eli Lilly, and there's this guy named Fred. He lives on fucking K Street. He works on K Street. His name is Fred, and they're out to get us. That's all this is, right? This is fucking like standard conspiracy theory. For more, these are lobbyists for Eli Lilly. We have Burson Marsteller, the PR firm for Eli Lilly. The reason I'm saying this, you have to understand, this isn't my charge. I'm telling you what they say. After that article came out, they were around town here saying, we caused that article on Scientology on behalf of Eli Lilly. These are all completely non-falsifiable claims, right? Yes. Like, if this was in a sea of things where it was numbers and things, and he goes, hey, you know, word on the street is, when you say word on the street is, that means it's a rumor. Like, I will always, like, if if I'm going to say something that I think is a rumor, I like word on the street. It sounds kind of like old timey and cool, right? Like, hey, hey, word on the street. See? Yeah, see? Word on the street. Like, it's cool. He didn't say that. He's like making these, he's like, oh, he was telling people this. Well, it's already hearsay. So, like, when you get to, once you get there, you just, like, you preface it, you use different language. He's talking about this like it's true, and this is like, got to be what he's heard, or what the voices in his head are telling him. Well, hearsay isn't necessarily bad evidence. It's just... But you got to, like, you got to say, hey, I heard someone saying that this is what's going on. Yeah. Like, that's that's a fair or way like to... someone who I find credible... Right. Said this. Or if they're if they said it on Twitter, you just go, hey, here's what this guy said on Twitter. Yeah. Or or if it, if it's in a magazine article, you can go, hey, this, you know, this this journalist said this or, hey, you know, use their name or whatever. I what he's saying here is just this is just some conspiracy theory crap. Oh, I have the sources. I have the documents. This is bullshit. You have aff- them out. You have affidavits. Let me tell you what else I have. have. You have affidavits from them. Of course not. You think they admit it? Well, I mean, uh, but they're the ones who said it. You're, saying, you're let, saying they let said it. Let me tell you what I do have. I'm, let me tell you what I do have. Go ahead. I go one step further. I then later found out, and you didn't know this, that Eli Lilly ordered a reprint of 750,000 copies of Time Magazine before it came out, reported in the Washington Post. But most importantly, here's what I do have. I- okay, so check this out. Has Eli Lilly ever done that with another publication? that put out an article that supported their position. If so, they probably shouldn't. I don't know if they were just giving them to their fucking staff and shit. I don't know how many people work at Eli Lilly. Like, what were they doing with this? And then propagandizing? Like, whatever. They agree with the article. They bought a bunch of the fucking magazine to give out. Like, maybe don't be a shitty cult. I don't know. I'm not big on the drug companies, but like, the context here is missing, which is a weird thing for me to say on this show because everything. Well, no, but do they do this regularly? Do they yeah. buy a bunch of copies of the New York Times if there's a positive ad about or a positive article about something Eli Lilly's doing or a negative article about like one of their competitors? Is this was this common in the in the nineties before the internet? Because now they'll just buy Twitter ads for an article that praises them, right? Or Facebook ads or whatever. Like this, like is completely lacking in any context and like is this just common practice for a business like i don't know do you know no or it's a fucking organized conspiracy against scientology he names people's names but like this was in a time where you couldn't just look up their facebook you just made the names up on the spot man that's why the guy was like do you have affidavits 
what he should have said is like, well, they go on the record, you know, can we talk to them? Like, will they tell us the same thing if we ask them? Yeah. Oh, they're not going to go on the record. Well then, then I don't even know if they said that. Now the whole world's on the record, except this podcast. The only people listening are like a few of our tried and true and uh, the NSA. The NSA wouldn't listen to us. What's up, Bob? I put in a call to the people, the advertising firms who set this up. I called up JWT, J. Walter Thompson in New York. I spoke to the CEO. He said he would look into it and get back to me. He never did. I. He was like, he was like, he was like, okay, we got to have an all hands meeting, but nobody's in trouble. He's like, you're never going to believe who just called us. So we ran an ad in this in Time Magazine last month. Well, here was the cover. Well, Scientology just called me and wanted to talk to me about something, and I told him I'd call him back. Everybody can have the rest of the day off. This is hilarious. <laughs> like, if Scientology called you, like, if you were, like, a PR person for your, your place of employment and Scientology called you about something you had done, wouldn't that be the best thing that ever happened to you? <laughs> like, even if it didn't advance your career, you would still find it amazing. Yes, but... It doesn't have to be the company you work at now, just a company that does something. And you would advertise. A company that's smaller than Scientology, yeah. Oh, that'd be the best thing that ever happened to your company because then you just call like the raw story in The Verge and you're like, Scientology's coming for us. Then you put up a GoFundMe <laughs> for your legal defense fund. Yep. Called up a man over in England who owns all these advertising and PR conglomerates for Eli Lilly, a man named Martin Sorrell. Ted, I asked him 10 times on the phone to deny that he had set this up on their behalf. He wouldn't do it. All right. We put in a call to Eli Lilly. Their response was, we can neither confirm nor deny. This is a pretty heavy allegation I'm making. I'm only making it because what I heard from their people, and they won't deny it. So for you to challenge me on it, you have to understand they're not challenging me on it. And furthermore, our story that came out in USA Today covers this entire matter. They haven't called in once. Wait, USA Today let them sign? Oh, I guess you just bought an ad, right? I assume that's what they did because USA Today, as far as I know, they don't take outside articles. Um, they they may, but they'll credit somebody, and it'll be pretty clear what's going on, like from Reuters, from from Time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, USA Today produces their own articles. Oh, right, but it doesn't mean that they're not like that. They wouldn't have content from another source, but I don't think Scientology is one of those sources. Like people publish the like via this, via that. Like if there's a great, uh, like a local news story in California and say, for example, the Sacramento Bee did a good story on it. They may just use the Sacramento Bee story and then credit the Sacramento Bee for the story because so that's I've, how that's how I've news read a works. lot of physical USA Today and I don't think they do that. Right. But if, if they did, it wouldn't be like completely out of the ordinary for a major newspaper. All major newspapers do it, but they're not going to be like via Scientology. And just publish a yeah. story about like a time <laughs> article, right? So it was probably an ad buy. Yes. I assume that's what he's talking about. Or maybe they, so what one thing that USA Today does is uh, they have articles where it's their opinion and the opposition's opinion. And that's in their opinion oh. uh, section. And oh, so they said the, hey. the opposition's opinion often is outside of USA Today. Right. Because um, it's, and that would be a thing where, yeah, oh, well, here's what Scientology's response is. So maybe that's what he's talking about. But I don't think he's talking about an article that they wrote that USA Today published. That is favorable. As as a USA Today article. To correct any fact in it. When you say your story, you mean your advertisement. Well, there was actually an insert in there that laid out the entire way okay. that that came about. Uh, advertisement. So, yeah. Ad 
advertisement. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that of the two people, I find Ted Koppel to be much more trustworthy than David Miscavige. Well, he didn't say that it wasn't an advertisement. He said it was an insert. insert. <laughs> Instead of insert, a lot of inserts are are advertisements. So it was just an ad. Yeah, it wasn't even a like. Here are the two sides of this story. Yeah. Let us let us get back during the few minutes we have left in this podcast to, to discussing Scientology a little. And I, I made a suggestion at the beginning of this program or near the beginning of the program mm. uh, that in order to progress within your church, it costs money. Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm poor, how far can I progress? Pretty far. How far? Well, I'll tell you this, by the time you start getting anywhere near the top, I guarantee you, you wouldn't be poor anymore because generally people in Scientology do better if they honestly make it. But look. Oh, no, this is completely wrong. Okay. The people that make it to the top make it there because they have money, not because Scientology yes. made them rich. So if you were to analyze the data, you could analyze it one way or the other, basically. You could say, oh, the, you know, this program, if people stick with it, they get rich. Or. You could analyze it and say, oh, the rich people make it to the top of this program. It's exactly the same thing that multi-level marketing schemes do. You know, there are people at the top and they're not at the top because they started at the bottom and like worked their way up. They're at the top because they bought their way into the top. Now they may make most of their money through that thing. Right. But it's not because they started at the bottom and worked their way up. It's they bought an investment in your thing and yeah you're giving them a great return on their investment but like they had to have the capital to invest in the first place and they had to get in early in yeah. an mlm usually and same with scientology maybe you might just be able to buy your way to the top but that's i don't think this thing makes you any fucking money unless oh if you were there oh, early, no, it totally makes you money if you were there early scientology is a multi-level marketing scheme Fair enough. So the people at the top are making all the money. Yeah. I think they're just bilking Tom Cruise, though. I think he's just fucking... I think he's just like a ATM for them. I don't think he's making no money off Scientology. Let us assume there are some folks <coughs> out there who are just poor. They well, don't you know, have I any don't... money. They don't have any friends or relatives who have money. Uh, is, is this the right religion for them? Oh, absolutely. This is the right religion for anybody. In Scientology... Uh, you're dealing you with gotta have yourself. someone at the bottom didn't you say at the beginning that like Scientology is for people who are doing fine and want to do better not for the people below and now he's saying it's just for anybody well no there are people at the bottom of Scientology that they have no hope of ever like making it to the top but like you still need someone to, to scrub do the, the toilet dishes yeah scrub the toilet do the dishes like you need someone around to do those things and either you can pay someone to do those things or you can get the low level Scientologists to do those things. And if they're going to do it for free, like why wouldn't you? They're volunteering. It's not like I could fault this religion for doing the thing that I would do if I were a religion. You see here, we have this in common. It's still shitty though. All religions of earth try to help man to be a better and uh, to cause him spiritual improvement. Now, most uh, in the Judeo Christian society, they say, if you have faith and you live your life, what I'm saying is if I were the head of a religion, I would also be shitty. Uh, we believe in spiritual salvation, but in the here and now. Oh, I think, and that's, I, I, and that's I, what we deal with. I but, think both Judaism and Christianity, uh, or the proponents of those two religions, would argue with you that they certainly set forth uh, quite a number of 
rules and recommendations. Oh, and, and now, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not disputing that. I'm not, I'm not, I am not, also, I am not, right? I am not trying to badmouth any other religion. Right. And Ted, I would never do that. What's different? I'm comfortable badmouthing any religion. There, there are higher levels of awareness as a spiritual being, and that's yeah. But you're also not trying to run one. Now, for me to talk to you about this, and for you to have people call this like a cult or an echo chamber around here. And I'll tell you why. You don't have a reality. Echo plex. People like echo chamber plex. It's a very personal thing. You ask why somebody would do it. Come up with something better. I'm not making the claims for the church, Ted. Millions of Scientologists around the world are making that claim. You ask them, they are happier, they do feel they're more able, they do do better in life, they know it has helped them. They say it. You Remember like a while ago when they said the interview was almost over? When somebody then comes about and says it's still, doesn't do that. It's still got like 20 minutes. Feelings? Yeah. I'm just asking you, and it, it, it strikes me as a reasonable question. But you get it some beer? I'll get you one. Thank you. Going well, I'm good any of the innermost secrets of the Church of Scientology, and, and I understand your church has some secrets. Uh, there has to be a way of explaining what it is you do that's different. What is it that we do? That's not yeah. very difficult at all. We approach it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. There is absolutely a technology of Scientology. There's a philosophy which covers the subject of life. I started talking about communication earlier on. Well, of course it covers interpersonal relationships, a, a million subjects. I don't have enough time all night to go into them. But separately, there is a technology that's applied to you as an individual. Actual one-on-one -on -one counseling, where you, you look. Well, number one, you have to understand the first premise. You are a spiritual being. You look, you find out more about yourself, who you are, where you are, where you have been. A man who can look back and do that is a very courageous individual. A lot of that includes looking back on your own past and areas where you went astray. That's similar to other religions. It's also similar to psychiatry. Listen, I'm not similar to psychiatry at all. I brought one piece of paper here because I knew this was going to come up. This is psychology, which covers the subject of religion. It's called religiosity and pre-edible fixation. Let me, let me stop you one second. I just want to tell any, any members of our audience who may just have joined us and not have been with us, my guest is, is David Miscavige. Uh, you are now the head of the Church of Scientology. Yes. That's, uh, right. Okay, please. This is what they say about religion. They say abstract. Religious who, who is this again? This is uh, out of the Journal of Genetic Psychology. This is March 1985. And I want you to understand why I don't like being compared to these people because I'm in a completely separate realm. Religious belief and observance derive from pre-edible oral and anal drives according to psychoanalytic theory. Specifically, belief in deity and such concepts as the afterlife are consonant with oral needs for nurturance from an omnipotent benefactor coupled with the denial of death observance of ritual and particularly church attendance is a function of the anal need for regular activity and the anal compulsive need for regularity and repetitiveness this is an offense to any religion i'm not like these people we deal with the spirit they say man's a body we separate right there mm, even if you believe in spirit you have to believe that man as they say humankind is a body we are also a body like, they believe in thetans, which is dualism, which is exactly what he just described. Right. Man is a body. Man yeah. is a spirit. Boom. Done. Yeah. But in their case, I think they think you're only a spirit. It's very bizarre. We're interested in bringing persons to a higher plane. They deal with the neurotics. They want to bring them up and tell him how to solve his problems. In Scientology, Ted, we want to bring the individual up to a higher level ability so that he's more intelligent. Higher what? 
claim they deal with the neurotics. They want to bring him up and tell him how to solve his problems in Scientology, Ted. We want to bring the individual up to a higher level ability mm. so that he's more intelligent. He has better reaction time. He's more able and intelligent so that he can handle his life better. Now you've handled something. Explain to me, and again, going back to the pieces that we saw before. <laughs> and, and by necessity... Wait, pause that for a second. Doing... So they don't want to tell you how to solve your problems. They want to wait until you figure out how to solve your own problems. That's I think, what he said. <clears throat> I mean, that's not really the... <laughs> It's not the it's not the worst way to look at something. It's to like a like a baby doesn't know anything, right? And most of what that, yeah, but if you don't if you don't ever bother to teach it anything, if you're just like, look, this baby's got to figure out life on its own. Well, most of what you'd figure out, like people do show you, but there's a way in which you figure it out on your own too. Like if you can't figure it out on your own, it doesn't. If you can't figure it out, it's it's complicated. Like what he's saying is like the problem with what he's saying is that it's. <clears throat> It doesn't mean anything, but most, and also it's like similar to like what we understand about learning is that yes, somebody can show you how to do something, but you also have to learn how to do it. It's not like you're a, you can't just be taught. You're not yeah. passive in being taught. So he's taking a hair and splitting it right down the middle. Yeah. And then, and then like giving you like the third piece that doesn't exist. In 15 minutes on these pieces, uh, you end up compressing things, sure. and, and I don't want to lead people astray. Talk to me for a moment about the e-meters. Those are those handles that you see people holding in the pictures, uh, and they... I think now he's just trolling. <laughs> well, no, this is going along. It's not like he has... He probably had a bunch of... Like, this is off script, right? This has got to be... I don't know. Is it off script? That is... Like, you got to remember, at the time, people didn't know about Scientology. They didn't know that it was fucking weird and that they have these soup cans that you hold. No, but what I'm saying is that they he, they said they were going long. So I'm not sure that they had more script for it. He may have producers, like, feeding him stuff. But, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had people in our ear feeding us information <laughs> and funny things to say? We'd be so good at this if, like, the media wench and fucking, like, uh, historian Matt were sitting in the other room, like, kind of watching what we were doing and coming up with jokes for us and feeding them to us. It'd be distracting at first, but after a while, we'd be so good at this. It'd be like four people on a two-person show. That's sort of what the chat room sometimes does. That's true. We we take, we steal a lot of the chat room's jokes and give them credit. <laughs> or not. No, I'll, I always give them credit. I'll steal your joke and not give you any credit. Fuck it. <laughs> They are dealing now with an auditor. An auditor is the person who, this is the one-to-one. -one. Well, here's what happens. Yeah. Could be me and you sitting across from each other. Maybe okay, let's say, let's say I'm holding the E-meter. What are you doing and, and what is that E-meter doing? What is it capable of doing? Okay, what it is capable of doing is registering what's bothering you. It is a guide. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't yell out. It, well, it's a meter there and it sends a, a little electrical flow your body you're holding something there very tiny you cannot feel it mm -hmm. uh it shows a reaction what does that reaction mean that reaction just says there's a reaction you thought something about it or something that has some form of mental energy reaction to what you're you're saying words and it's almost like uh, no no free no, association no. or uh, i mean what am i what, what am i reacting <laughs> Listen, to stop comparing it to psychotherapy well, no, because I'm, it isn't i'm, I'm just asking it what so, am I? and by the way okay there are a million things you could do but you take up an individual subject of a person's life. I'll bring up the subject of Why stop that comparing you, it to fine. psychotherapy? They're People trying to be psychotherapists. It's exactly what they're doing. Replace yeah. them. The person answers. Yeah, of course. He looks. But he doesn't want to be compared to psychotherapy because they won't look good in comparison. Handle areas of upset that are upsetting him. He knows when they are no longer upsetting him. 
he finds out finally for himself why they were upsetting him and they no longer do. I, I, that is I'm, what's happening. What I'm still a little bit lost on is mm -hmm. presumably you and I could do that. Oh, absolutely. Right now, right? Well, and, you'd have to want to participate. Fine. In it. And, and, but why do we need that piece of equipment? Oh, because it, it's far more accurate. I mean, originally in, in uh, Dianetics and Scientology, there was no meter. Okay. And you would look at so a person. What is, what is the look at a person, I'll tell I'm, you. Because I'm looking at a needle sweeping across Okay, a, you would look at the person, arc, you would look at the right? person and hear something similar. I can see your face flush, or I can see you cry, or I can see you smile. You can, you can observe people, mm -hmm. right? Well, not many people have an ability to do that, and plus that is pretty crude. What this does is when there is an area of upset, it registers. That's all it does. When the area of upset no longer exists it doesn't register that's all it does it is strictly a guide and what is the, the communication what is taking the place Hold on, wait, pause this for a second at first he was saying it was a reaction mm -hmm. just a reaction now he's saying you're upset mm -hmm. when the e-meter is bouncing around yeah. so is it just a reaction or is it specifically an upset reaction uh this is this is an e-meter. It's like a fucking weird fake science mind reader device from like the 1950s. It doesn't. It's like the, it's like if a polygraph were made by a monkey. It's like someone looked at a polygraph and tried to, to rip it off and did a really shit job. Hey man, it's, it's all you can do at Radio Shack. You and I, you see, we're in there together. I'm asking something about you. You're interested in finding out something about yourself. I'm there to help you find that. But I'll tell you, here's where else we differ from psychotherapy, psychology. Those people would tell you, this is your problem. That's a pretty arrogant position to take for that person to tell you what's going on considering every individual on this planet is different. Scientology, we show you a way to find out for yourself. And do you know who knows when you found out? You do. And if this still doesn't make sense to you, that's because you haven't do done it. I can't be more clear. First principle in Scientology, by the way, Ted, you should understand is in studying the subject or practicing it, never, you could be ever, more clear. ever believe it just because we say it's so. Only once you have experienced it yourself and you find this concept to be true, should you then consider it to be true. Could you, just on the most basic level, I mean, you say originally it was done without the e-meter anyway. Mm -hmm. Could you, on the most basic level, do it with me right now? Oh, absolutely not, because we're not in an environment here that is conducive to all the elements of auditing. Why? I mean, it would I mean I'm, because, per I'm perfectly comfortable here. <clears throat> well, here's why. Because you're the interviewer here on the program, right. and you're the one who's at... I can't be a all. psychic right here, right now, because my powers don't work when I'm in a film studio or being tested in any way at all. That's the same thing people say, like, with uh, remote viewing and shit, right? Well, oh, you're watching me. I can't do it. Yeah, whereas, like, if Bill Nye were on this, and he'd be like... Hey, so massive forks, forces or massive objects attract attract each other through some unseen force that we call gravity. You know, he'd be like, "Well, can you show that right now?" And Bill and I would be like, "Yeah, hold on, let me let me get my experiment set up." Right, maybe, maybe, or he'd be like, "Oh, I can't really do an experiment on here, but like I can explain." Absolutely, he would do an experiment. Well, who knows? Who knows? If he knew beforehand, but this is like supposed to be some kind of talk therapy, and the guy's like unwilling to do it in studio. He doesn't even, he's fucking, he's never done that shit. That's probably why. He doesn't even know how to do that shit. He just collects the money, man. He's the money, man. On the program, and you're interested in doing a program. Oh, Disock can remote view. 
All right, Disock. Well, we have some questions for you during the post game. If you think you can remote, well, I can view. do that too. It's just not remote to any actual destination. Well, to be fair, it's dreaming. Well, to be fair, Disock is in fact remote viewing us right now. Oh, that's true. That instantly throws out the first three rudiments to doing okay. this. It's fair, not something. Fair enough. As a matter of fact, I, I, no, I buy that. That's fair. That's fair enough. One of the other ways, if you're not going to use... Are we remote viewing them? Or does it not count when it's live? Time travel. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a sort of misconception that comes out. That's part of the study technology of Scientology. There's a study technology developed by L. Ron Hubbard. He isolated the three barriers to study. This is is a technology that helps you study any subject. Uh, One of those is not having the mass in front of you. I'll give you an example. Not having Uh, the one? The mass of an object that you're studying in front of you. A good example... Here we are in a studio and we have cameras all over the place. Imagine you were going to school when you were 15 and you're studying up on cameras and you've never seen one, okay? You wouldn't really quite understand it too well. It'd be better if you had the camera there that you could that you could do it with. Uh, taking something more crucial. Oh, I pause this. This is a really bad example because a camera is something you could totally understand without ever seeing one. He should have been <laughs> like, imagine trying to ride a bicycle after only reading about it in the book or something. Yeah, but he's like, you can know exactly how a camera works and you can fucking make one having never seen one before in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. You might have. He's giving a really shitty example. Yeah. And this is another thing we hit on sometimes on this show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that one guy gives a bad really, example you know, guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that we're, we're not talking about electronics in, in any given area of study. The ability to demonstrate in clay a concept in the paragraph allows you to gain a greater understanding of that subject. This is something that he asked me about in the intro. There was, there was a piece on it. But generally what people do is they'll be studying materials, and then they will see if they really understand it by demonstrating it in this clay. And if they can make a three-dimensional figure of it, it often serves to clarify that concept and also show whether they understand it or not. And it's part of a study program. It's not, it's not a process of Scientology. We're not looking to... Make- and whether they're a sculptor. Right. Some people can't sculpt, dude. Come on. Yeah. Like, I understand a lot of things that I couldn't sculpt because I'm not a sculptor. I'm, in fact, really bad at sculpting. Yeah, I don't think I would have been good in that movie Ghost where they made the fucking pot and shit, where they made the fucking pot. Like, <laughs> like if I looked at a sculpture of a deer that I made and an actual deer, like, I could tell you, like, oh, this one is more accurate to what actual deers are like. Because it's not your sculpture? Yeah, because it's not my shitty sculpture of a deer with this is strictly a way of studying why is it necessary but i don't have to like i know a lot about deer i don't have to sculpt one perfectly to understand what deer are and how they work yeah it's a stupid example you're absolutely right and it's and that's one of the things they fucking do in their little therapy sessions it's dumb it's like oh you had a sad make a make a clay figure of a sad (laughs) i mean come on some of the sums that are charged and i literally don't have them Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's not something I've tucked away in my memory, but we're talking about, in some instances, to move from one level to the next level, $7,000, $10,000, $15,000, huge sums. Why? Yeah, well, okay, number one, we certainly do have a different donation system than, than other churches, although not all other churches. Donation? Yeah, you, you, you call it a donation? Oh, absolutely, because there's people there donating to the church period i understand but are there people there who are making that <coughs> progress i mean what uh, again to get back to the person who doesn't have any money what does he or she do Ew, uh, pause it for a second david miscavige is clearly uncomfortable right now he's being asked about the money yeah <laughs> hey must be the money yeah I, if i if i were him 
I'd be uncomfortable too being asked about the money. Well, I think the the question of the e-meters made him really uncomfortable because he knows he looked stupid answering it. He could just say uh, it's a matter of faith. Like he knows what he just said was really stupid. Subject of Scientology and then audit somebody else and he can be audited by that person and that's free. Mm-hmm. You see, people like to pull out the sexy part. I'd like to point out, Ted, the people that are complaining. I'm just going to go on the record and say none of this sounds like the sexy part. I'm guaranteeing that none of none of none of the part of Scientology that you're going to be exposed to is the sexy part about in your intro the one girl there that was complaining about it a girl named Vicky Azaran which by the way this is a girl who was kicked out for trying to bring criminals into the church I think we're, she didn't I, mention. I, I mean you said a girl event, I think we're talking about a grown woman right a grown woman oh yeah, I think we're talking about a grown woman. Fucking, that's pretty good. For trying to bring criminals into the church. I think Something we're. She didn't I, mention. I, I mean, you said a girl. Event, I think we're talking about a grown woman, right? A grown woman. Excuse yeah. me. I mean, and a and, lady. And, yes, and you and made, she, and you and she were at one know. point, at one point, rivals for the leadership. Absolutely the, not. Yeah? Absolutely not. I have no idea where Forrest got that from. Absolutely hmm. not. She violated the mores and codes of the group she was removed for it i was a trustee of that corporation she knows it the word she said to me is i have no future in scientology she wanted to bring bad boys into scientology her words no bad boys bad uh, what, boys what you have just done is <laughs> this is that time things, and i'm not in a position to judge which it is mm-hmm. either you have made an accurate charge against someone or what a number of your critics and a number of the pieces that have been written about the church of scientology suggest is that when you have a critic before you you destroy those people yeah well let me tell you that's easy to say for the person that's that's easy for the person to say but she's the one on that program smearing me and let me tell you something else this subject did come out before force did have it i showed her deposition testimony she admitted in there that that is what she was trying to do she admitted that's why she was pulled out the fact that Forrest didn't put that in there is extremely disingenuous I'm not making any new charge against her, and let's not also forget the fact that she is trying to get $70 million out of the church, and I think that explains 70 million reasons why she would make up something like that. I'm she, trying to get nothing she, from her. Has she sued the church? Absolutely. For $70 million? For $70 million. Where, where does that case stand right now? Case is dragged on for years. It's just been dragging on and on. But I mean, it's still in the court system. Absolutely. Absolutely. But on the subject here, I mean, they, they bring that up. Ted, it's simple for people to say that, except I'm not out there leveling charges out of the blue against people. In fact, you've got to look at it this way. Yeah, but he kind of is. The whole time. Several times. The whole time, yeah. To come out to defend myself until this point, and I'm not even here to defend myself. But if somebody makes a move... Well, good, you're doing a shitty job of it. Getting destroyed by the most polite man that ever hosted a fucking show ever. That's probably why he said he's not out there doing that, because he knows he's doing really bad in this interview. You can see how uncomfortable he is doing this interview. He doesn't want to walk off. He also thought it was going to be like a like half hour and out like and now it's been like 40 you know it's going to be about an hour by the time it finishes. <coughs> but at about a half hour I'm in Sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit. At about a, a half hour in around. At about a half hour in though, couldn't he have just been like, "Oh, you know, I actually don't have time?" Yeah. Cuz he didn't Oh, but you know what? He didn't start getting uncomfortable until about what? 40 minutes oh in, this four- was just like five minutes ago that he started to feel like he started shifting around and getting real defensive 
you know he just started feeling really uncomfortable and i think it's i think it's uh it's definitely uh good on uh who is this ted koppel yeah definitely good on ted koppel for like waiting and you know giving him some like relatively easy questions first and then coming at him with the hard shit like all right now that you feel comfortable enough that you're not going to walk out on me like let's start asking you some real questions about the kind of shit you do and the kind of shit your church does move like that and they say something and they have an ulterior motive i think it should be explained it's that simple you had another example on there, a Roxanne friend. This is a horrifying story. This girl uh, was ill. I feel for her. Another woman. Another woman on there. He corrected him again and was like, another woman? <laughs> Fucking little bit of shade. Love it. Yeah, but like David Miscavige is coming off pretty sexist in this interview. Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't mean to say it in a demeaning way. I'm sorry. Uh, she is a horrifying story of having a, a, an illness of cancer and, she, and, the, and the word in there is that we didn't send her to a church to, Chad, a, do- I, to a doctor uh, to a doctor excuse me in fact she's been to a doctor 220 times while she was in scientology in fact when we sent her out of the church we asked her to please go to a medical doctor and see if something was wrong the charge as i as i recall it, mr miscavige is that with with many of these people done well, not, let me not, finish this not, one not let me finish this Ms. one because it's not, important not just with miss friend I'll, I'll let you get back to it in just a second the charge is that you inevitably, I don't mean you personally, I mean the church, send people who complain of some illness to a doctor, but a doctor who is also a Scientologist. I know where you got it. It's invented. Never heard it in my life. So first, so, if, so if someone well, First time I heard it. It's not the first time because you've read the LA Times series and it was in the LA Times. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Bravo, sir. good still too (laughs) not happy he got caught very off guard like you weren't supposed to have a response to that you weren't supposed to you weren't supposed to know that the article i just referred to that i had been i had read i didn't read that believe me i don't read a report on scientology from the la times to find out what it is so i did not read that in detail but i mean you've got to understand what your critics are saying that's just not so not so at all oh you shouldn't understand what your critics are saying at all well, no, he's saying the story isn't true. But, but he also hasn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The criticism of me, the majority report, their, their criticism is in such bad faith. I've listened to 45 minutes. Well, he said he hasn't even read an article. But so. it's the same thing, right? This is all in bad faith and no, we don't even listen to them. I mean, yeah, we don't yeah. listen to our critics, but they're all in bad faith. Oh, I'm sure that was just terrible. It's the same thing. Just absolutely not so. Any Scientologist who wants to go to an outside doctor, no problem. Anybody he wants. It's just an outrageous charge. I have no idea where it came okay. from. The, the uh, what do you call the folks who are up at the, up at the higher level of your church? Um, the ones in the uniforms? What, what, what Staff that? members, Sea Org members of the church. Sea Org. Yes. What, what yes. does that stand for? Sea Organization. Originally. S-E-A. S- from the sea. Sea. Yeah, sure, absolutely. What does that from mean? From the ocean. Well, originally, this group of people were based on ships at sea, and that's where the term sea organization came from. That was at a time when all kinds of folks were going after L. Ron Hubbard, and he moved his operation out to sea? <laughs> Not because all kinds of folks were going after L. Ron Hubbard. I mean, uh, I, IRS was going after him, weren't they, at that time? Well, 
Let me tell you. I mean, you know, I went through these. Early. The answer is either yes or no. It's not. Let me tell you. The answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> right. And David Miscavige does not want to say yes, but he also doesn't want to say no. So he, he doesn't want to blatantly lie. So let me tell you. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly what like anyone who's like barely above the level of Donald Trump. Like, yeah, this is how they lie. Couldn't he say uh, yes, but and then say why he thought it was wrong or something? Yeah, that's like if somebody was like, hey. Did somebody on your show do an impression of Peter Thiel that was stereotypically gay? claiming that he was gay Mitt Romney, I'd be like, well, yes, but that was me. I do that all the time. What's your next question? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay with that. Hello. Earlier, you want to talk about them. It had no, there was no cause and effect relationship to Elron Hubbard being at sea and these people going after him and therefore he was leaving. <laughs> these people thought that I should probably be arrested and then now I live on a boat in the fucking international waters. Imagine that. <laughs> Correlation doesn't equal causation, but this one seems a little, this one seems, <laughs> this one seems. Correlation little, implies causation though. Or it can, and, it can if like you think well, the no, IRS. Cor- correlation implies causation, but it doesn't mean causation. Well, if you think the IRS is coming for you and now all of a sudden you live in a boat that like is porting in countries other than the United States, it's like not, it's not a big stretch of the imagination to think that those two things are definitely related. And he he didn't even get to any other organizations. It might not have just been the IRS coming for, maybe the FBI was coming too. Who knows? Oh, it was yeah, it was multiple organizations. They were like, you don't just you don't move your entire organization out to the sea if the IRS is coming after you. You know, you do that if like the everyone. FBI, yeah, somebody like, who can arrest you is because the IRS tends not to arrest you. Yeah. You get arrested for tax fraud, not tax evasion. Tax evasion, they just take your money. Yeah. But you want to bring out all sorts of folks. Ted, let's let's be accurate here. There have been attacks leveled against Scientology. They uniformly... Do you know an arrest warrant or a subpoena is not an attack? <laughs> right? This is like the next level. Yes. Right? Like, if you've been subpoenaed or given a summons, these are not attacks. This is like the next level past like criticism being an attack. This is like a subpoena is an attack. <laughs> yeah. This is like, hey, you need to come here to tell us the truth. And if we find that you're not telling the truth, you're going to go to jail. We're going to fine you or or you could come here and cop to the truth and maybe we'll work with you on this and try to help you figure this out. But yeah, he's being yeah. subpoenaed. This is an attack. It sounds the hell of Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> I would suggest to you that the legal system and the cops particularly do like to attack people, but Scientology was not being attacked. They would probably have been shown great lenience. I don't think the FBI generally attacks people. Like your local cop might attack, attack someone, you specifically, like or just if they're provoked, or maybe if, if they're, they're not. I don't know. They, if they could be like the provo- They might be the provocateur. Yeah, but generally FBI agents. Yeah, they're not the provocateur. Yeah. And if they're investigating you, something is drastically wrong because it's not like they see you on the street and they're like, I'm going to investigate that guy. Or if they investigate you and find nothing, they just made a mistake and they move the fuck on. Yeah. They don't just be like, oh, that's a weird science fiction writer. Let's get him. Seems like a dumb way to run the government. Yeah. Reported by the media. The net result doesn't. Let me just go through them. I mentioned the Food and Drug Administration. They tried this case for six years. They lost. 
It was headline press when it came out. They lost the case, full religious recognition of the church. They passed their information to Australia. There was a full inquiry down there. In 1982, the court ruled in our favor and issued an apology stating that this was an embarrassing chapter in the history of that country. You talk about the attacks here. The real story is this, Ted. Nobody's attacking you. There are new ideas in Scientology. These get attacked. It's not the first time in the history of the world that this has happened. This has happened to many other groups. This happened to Christianity. Bring it up forward to another religion, Mormonism. Back in the day of Christianity, like, people had to dig a hole to take a shit, man. I feel like it's like a really bizarre thing to compare, like, the New York Times and Time Magazine writing articles about you to, like, religious oppression in the fucking Bronze Age or whatever. Like, I feel like you're making a big stretch there. Yeah, you're you're playing the victim. Well, there's no Time Magazine. There's like no equivalent of Time Magazine in the, when Christianity was first being formed. I don't know what the media was. The media might have just been gossip and what you heard from people, right? Because it, it, there was stone tablets. I mean, you can't really do that, right? There was, before the printing press, like media was like a difference. And I, I just feel like it's really, really kind of like a bizarre comparison, like the beginning of a religion in the 20th century versus the 0th century. Yeah. According to that religion, which is a weird way to talk about centuries. I feel like we should de-Christianize our centuries. But this is bizarre. It happened to them. It happened to us. The attacks on us, though, I will say in the last 40 years are unprecedented and unrelenting. Not even rivaled by any other group during that time period. And yet the Church of Science. I'm the most bemoaned public intellectual. Throughout that entire time period and grown and continue to grow to grow that is the real story no, grown grown is right that's all you're doing groaning groaning he's starting mm-hmm. to like not perform well too right well yeah he's very caught off guard he he it seems to me like he came here under the impression that the interview would be easy and the interview has now gotten hard but he's at the point where if he just got up and left he would make a very bad impression oh man this this is like this is the thing is like if somebody talks to me and I don't like what they're saying I don't mind coming in hot and talking shit and stuff I don't I, people are like oh you got flustered and I'm like dude I was talking a hell of shit like but this is different what he's doing here it's like all defense there's no like offense right mm-hmm. there's nothing to go on offense against Ted Koppel for but if I like the way that it appears that he felt if I felt that way that somebody was coming for me I'm coming for them do you know what I'm saying yeah and he can't do that because there's nothing to come for with Ted Koppel. He's just like a news guy, right? And like if just a news guy was interviewing me about my show and he was like, oh, you do this and you're, you know, you traffic in some, you know, some sort of, you know, like, I don't know, they'd say you you elevate conspiracy theorists or you elevate, you know, cults and like you're exposing this, these ideas and whatever. I'd just be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't think that's what we're doing. I think we're making fun of that. Yeah, but we're doing something fundamentally different than what he's doing. So it makes sense in this context that he's getting very uncomfortable. Also, Ted Koppel dunking on me in an interview would be the best thing that ever happened to me, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, right? Even if I lost, even if I was like pummeled in the interview because he fundamentally disagreed with me about something, it would still be the best thing that ever happened to me. This is a bad thing for Scientology. 
makes yeah, recruitment harder. And I harder. guarantee you 100% that the reason he's never done an interview after this is because of how poorly he performed. He'd never done one before this either, but it'd only been 10 years. Since this, it's been almost 30. It's 1992. It'll be 30 years in 2022. So over 25 years. Of Scientology, and the only way that can occur is if you have something beneficial to offer people. And sci- oh, side note: if you've ever seen that movie Ready Player One, I'm convinced that the villain was based on David Miscavige. Have you seen Ready Player One? I have, but I don't remember it. Oh, I'm watch it again. Okay, just ten minutes of it. Just just get a supercut of the villain or something, because <laughs> like it definitely based on this guy. There's no way it isn't. Scientology does. You can talk about all of this. I can debate with you about that. You can go speak to a Scientologist, which we're made available to Nightline, and ask them what it has done for them, and they do applaud it. The people who are detractors, anybody has critics. That's fine, and I, don't, and I, I have to tell you, I don't mind somebody criticizing a valid fact in Scientology, Ted. I'll be the first one to deal with it. People within the church, there's various complaints here and there, little ones. I always investigate can, them. Can, can, but wait, can, can but what upsets me can you is what upsets what me of, is when one of these critics brings this up, and your reporter doesn't mention the fact that they are suing or the fact that they were removed. And I've shown deposition testimony. You see, it's out of the realm of what I'm saying. The fact that another man wanted to kidnap Scientologist and I showed the documents to your reporter and he doesn't put the- he's Yeah, he's obviously flustered because he's going back to this. He's like the same set of talking points we heard kind of heard over and over again, just kind of in rapid fire. Yeah. Like I. I. I don't think I would do this in a discussion with somebody. I don't think I'd go back over the shit that I was saying before. Also, I'm like not a huckster or a con artist. That's like really important. If I was a huckster or a con artist, the studio would be a lot nicer. He's a con artist, but he's a bad one. Oh yeah. yeah. He's maybe really good at like, um, maybe really good internally at controlling the people inside, but he's not good at controlling anyone outside. Yeah. And so he's doing a really bad job here. That other guy, Tommy Davis is super good at that shit, but he, now he's like some kind of hedge fund manager asshole. There's this dude who used to be their spokesperson who wanted to be Tom Cruise so bad. And he was also like a bastard. Man, my complaint isn't that the people said them. My complaint is that the reporter didn't give the motive and he should have. He had it available to him, and to not show it makes it seem like these people are objective. You want to go around and check out the controversy. It's created in the media because, Ted, like I said at the beginning of the show, there are 100,000 Scientologists for every one detractor. And when you just show those people, well, they've picked up the lines. They're coordinated. They find all the little buttons to press, and they all say the same ones. They're frightened. They're on the show. I spoke to Roxanne Friend over Christmas. I feel sorry for her, but do you know what she said to me, Ted? She asked me at the end of our conversation, Dave, please tell me, is it ever possible for me to come back to Scientology? That's the real story. That isn't on there. For every minute that we spent in the report at the beginning, Mm -hmm. we have spent roughly five minutes now with you and me talking. I mean, you are, after all. We've we've gone gone almost an hour and a half. Very well, and I appreciate it. That's right. Um, Aren't you capable... Of responding, I mean, you keep saying, "Why don't you go talk to the Scientologists?" You're the- again, like, can't you respond <laughs> to the criticism of your organization? That's like such a good question. Oh, that's such a fucking amazing question, aren't you? I got to go back. Like, this is so good. I, I would love to channel Ted Koppel one day. 
such he's that's like such a good question like can't you answer these questions aren't you here in my studio aren't you capable of responding i mean you keep saying why don't you go talk to the scientologists you're the head well, scientologist you, you, you have to understand this if you want to understand what benefits people in scientology i can give you my own personal thing but what i am not going to do here is tell you i am not going to make claims for other people what i'm telling you is the best evidence is the successes of scientology do you want to hear about mine sure i came to scientology i was a young man i had an acute case of asthma i had been to doctor oh he's gonna tell the story about his <laughs> you're gonna love this already it started off really bad check this out he was a young man with asthma doesn't acute mean there's no explanation for it like it or no acute is the different sure, uh, other thing saying. acute is like not like it's like it's uh chronic is like <clears throat> always and like it's s- present or experienced to a severe or intense degree yeah yeah okay. yeah he had acute asthma it was it was it was intense like whereas chronic may not be intense but it's always there ontology i was a young man i had an acute case of asthma i had been to doctor after doctor nothing could cure it my father heard of Dianetics and Scientology, took me to an individual. I was with him for an hour. I used exactly what anybody can read in Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health. Of a short duration, but typically severe. I say, hold on, hold on. Read in Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health. That asthma disappeared for three years. I say three years because I'm not going to tell you it went away forever. After that, it came up again, and I dealt with it. And I don't have it now. I do five miles a day. I'm just, I just don't have that. Is that the greatest thing it's done for me? No. But at that Wait, what? He does five miles a day. Like, does he think that has nothing to do with not having asthma anymore? Oh, he's, this is, I don't know what the time frame on all of this was. He's trying to say that because he can run now, he doesn't have asthma and that Scientology cured his asthma. Like, this is crazy, right? Yeah, but like running helps with asthma oh, in a lot of cases. That I didn't know. I don't, hey man, if that was how he, if that was how he like controlled his asthma was through exercise, he'd never tell you that because Scientology. It's like saying, man, I had so much strep throat before, but then I joined Scientology and I took all these antibiotics and now I don't have strep throat anymore. So isn't Scientology great? The point I certainly knew, I certainly knew it was something beneficial. I knew it. It's a personal story. What it has done for me since then? is just fabulous but that is my own personal story that is what the story is of scientology yeah because now you fucking run it endless ted you see we talk about these and that's why i was concerned about such an intro piece the story a hundred thousand people off drugs that's help that's good i can give you these statistics you were you were talking before about narconon right uh narconon operated in oklahoma (laughs) correct Uh uh-oh uh-oh. What do, you, what do you think the story is? I don't know. I haven't heard anything specific like this. Is he about to say a specific case, or is he about to talk about, like, percentages? I don't remember. I'm just wondering what you think is going to happen here. Maybe he's going to talk about percentages. I don't know. 
state of Oklahoma said illegitimate group tossed you out. Well, there you go. Now we're going to bring up a new allegation. Okay. The state of Oklahoma. Well, no, they, didn't, they didn't toss it out. It's still there, and that's in the court system. In fact, what happened, Ted, is that various doctors came in to testify. The leading drug rehabilitation experts in the country came in to testify. Well, who was... Who let was me the, finish. Who was opposing Let, let me finish this. Who, who was trying to get it out? The psychiatrists. <laughs> well, who the fuck else was he going to say? <laughs> Who's trying to get it out? Well, I mean, if you've been listening to the rest of this interview, it's obviously the fucking psychiatrists. <laughs> the psychiatrists with their big nose and their greedy hands. Hmm. The mental health board. The leading doctors across the country, Forrest Tennant, another gentleman whose name doesn't come to mind right now, testified in behalf of... All the testimony on the wait, wait, wait. Pause it for a second. program. Do you think that the, the Scientologists, if you got to the bottom of that well, there would be Jews? I don't know. It's all really complicated. I think, it, no, because they're trying to hoard money too. And then most of the tropes about Jews, the Jews are trying to hoard money. I don't think so. I think they let Jewish people be Scientology. Okay. Was all in favor. Well, would they let a psychologist be a Scientologist? I think fucking, yes, of course. Well, like, then that it, doesn't mean anything, actually. Fair enough. These have been done. Governmental studies in Spain and Sweden found Narconon to be the most effective drug rehabilitation program in those countries. One man came in, a psychiatrist. He made statements about the program. The man was also on record as stating, and it's a man named Dr. Jolyon West out of UCLA. He stated that living a drug free existence is an antiquated position in today's society. The judge in that case ruled that having that man talk about our drug rehabilitation program is similar to asking Saddam Hussein to report on the treatment of the Kuwaitis in Kuwait. So why is it still in the court system? The mental health board is the one who ruled on it and we couldn't understand the findings because all the testimony was positive. Both health inspections they passed and then at the last minute these mental health people denied it. Hang on. I How much you want to bet at least some of that was a lie? Like the FDA. Most of it, probably. Like that. We get a level playing field, Ted. It always comes out. You're bringing up Narconon now. But, you know, if I... No, you brought it up. That's why I raised it. Well, I didn't bring up the Oklahoma matter, That's and you correct. brought that up. That is correct. You, you know, if... Uh, nope. What, you, what I said was incorrect. Let me say something else. You just told him you didn't bring up Narconon. And he's like, well, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did. And he's like, oh, you didn't bring up, I didn't bring up Oklahoma. It's like, okay. You, I could have been on here two years ago and you would have brought something up and it's over now. There have been these cases, but in the end, we come out on top. And I'm telling you, Ted, there are a group of people on this planet who find us to be a threat to their existence and they will do everything in their power to stop us. And that is the mental health field. I didn't pick a war with them. You can ask them if they feel this way and they will tell you that one one last quick area I want to go into uh, explain to me what a clear is okay well the first book Dianetics uh, talks about the mind mm -hmm. and uh, the subject of the mind well you have a mind and I did this with you before but anybody can see what their mind is their mind is composed of pictures you can close your eyes look at a cat and you'll see a cat and those pictures you're seeing are you well wait a minute no if you close your eyes and then you look at a cat first of all you don't know where to look because cats always move like the cat. In fact, you mean cat, if you the, close, if you look at a cat, close your eyes, and then picture a cat, you see a cat. But that's not exactly the same thing. Also, if you close, your, don't close your eyes around a strange cat; it might kill you. Like you're imagining the cat, but you're not seeing a cat. This is dumb.
This is some fucking, this is some Deepak Chopra shit right here. This is a little off script. I did this with you before, but anybody can see what their mind is. Their mind is composed of pictures. You can close your eyes, look at a cat, and you'll see a cat, and those pictures you're seeing are your mind. Uh, there's your anal- there are parts of this mind. You have your analytical mind, which you do your thinking with, which is very analytical. A perfect computer is a good analogy. Uh, no. No, this is the other thing that I think that, like... Oh, man. So, you know how a lot of mixed skeptics are like, you're just not letting me this analytically and whatnot. I think he's they're describing the same thing where the, they, they kind of want to get rid of your... That, that thing where, oh, you're triggered sort of reminds me of the 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 reactive mind that he's about to talk about because he talked about the analytical mind. So what they've done is they've like turned themselves into the perfect like processor of information is what he's going to say that they've done here when they've gone clear. Yeah, but it's not true. Like, oh, it's crazy. It's a delusional thing to believe about yourself. <laughs> yeah, like humans don't have a perfectly analytical mind. No. Anywhere As... in their brain. Like the brain is not a computer. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't do, it doesn't work like that. In fact, a computer doesn't even work like that. Yeah. Computer just takes the instructions and does it. Like a computer can perfectly analyze whether two plus two equals four. Only if it, but only if it has the instructions set to do it. Yeah. Like it's just following the instructions. But like what he's talking about is way beyond that. You know, he's talking about like higher level cognitive functions. And that's not, you know, Your brain thinking of a cat is not the same thing as... A cat. Yeah. Right, because if I was thinking of a cat, it wouldn't mean there was one here. Yeah, and it's also like you can think of a cat, but it's not the reality of what a cat is. There's a lot that goes into cat that your mind can't... Create with zero matter? Yeah. (laughs) And there is a reactive mind. And this is the mind... Kicks in, in other words, no one ever pictures a skeleton inside the cat that they're picturing in their mind. Yeah, you don't think about its liver. Yeah. This mind, you have your analytical mind, which you do your thinking with, which is very analytical. A perfect computer is a good analogy. And there is a reactive Terrible mind. analogy. And this is the mind that kicks in during any moments of trauma, stress, unconsciousness. It is recording a series of pictures of these incidents. Unknown this is some Sigmund Freud bullshit. Time. It's even worse than that. It's the fucking mixed skeptics. I'm telling <laughs> no, it's the fucking people who think that like I feel like maybe some people who are skeptics think that this is true. Kind of. Like, oh well, you disagree with me, and so you're speaking out of emotion. I don't really see a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Like, I don't believe that. It's dumb. Like I bring all my biases and my experience and shit with everything I think about. Like that's the only way to like un- think about how your mind works. Like you can think about, well, it seems like I'm biased here and then think about it again and try to think about it in a new way or whatever, but you haven't rid yourself of the reactive mind. Whatever the fuck they're talking about. I don't even yeah. like if you're, if we'll even accept this kind of dichotomy of the way your mind works, you can't just have one of those. Like, they're both there. Like, he's shown his reactive mind in this fucking interview, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't gone clear at all. He's not only... He's he he's a charlatan on his own terms. <laughs> all charlatans are... Like, on their own terms, even a charlatan. Yeah. But, yeah, this guy's... Like, 
he's shown his reactive mind during this interview. I'd suggest that Ted Koppel may have gone clear. (laughs) (laughs) I would certainly take this evidence as Ted Koppel's clearness over David Miscavige's. There's only about a a couple, like a, like less than like two minutes left uh, of play on this. And some of it's probably the credits. So we're going to do this, play a song and then uh, move on over into the after show. We'll play something a little quicker paced. I promise. These, these incidents that are traumatic can come back and affect the person, affect his rationality, affect his happiness. This is where you find the cause of a person acting the way he doesn't want to. A clear is, a clear is eradicating that reactive mind. So the person no longer has matters like that, not affecting him. Clears don't get colds. Well, I don't know that clears don't get cold. But L. L. Sure. L. Ron Hubbard said clears don't get cold. Uh, back in yeah. 1951, L. Ron Hubbard. Here, pause it for a second. I believe- this is the bullshit that I was talking about where you don't get sick. Yeah. That's like that movie. You don't get sick. Don't get any older. Don't ever die. Like the Thetans. Wilford- the Thetans are just, you know, if you have pink eye, it's because you have a Thetan, not because you have shit in your eye. So like, stupid. No. Reality is, if you get shit in your eye, you're going to get pink eye. If you don't get shit in your eye, you're probably not going to get pink eye. This is so ridiculous. Hubbard said, clears don't get colds. Uh, back in 1951, Elrond Hubbard, uh, I believe, said in that book that postulating that a clear wouldn't get a, a cold. So again, you're taking the line out of context. So clears do get colds. I guess one could. Okay. In the... I guess I, one could. I guess one could. But that's you could say that about anybody in getting the cold, right? Yeah. Because you're not saying that, I guess one could, is really functionally no different than it's inevitable that eventually you'll get one because they, you're not wrong when you say they could because then they just did and you were right. Well, he's admitting to materialism right now. So he doesn't believe his own bullshit. At least he won't admit to believing his own bullshit. He said he guesses one could though. Hedging a little bit. Not yeah, like he is definitely trying to hedge. Not like I had a cold six months ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is like, I guess one could, but like if he goes to his own people, he's going to say, well, I've never seen one with a cold or, well, I've never even heard. No one has ever been documented to be clear and have a cold. You know, he can still say that like he's just lying. He's fucking lying. Well, he's like half. He's like, he's like half lying. Because he said, I guess one could get a cold, which is not technically untrue because one could get a cold. Yeah. But I mean, like he's lying without lying. Like this is what grifters do. They lie without actually lying. You know, just by never, never having a full stance on anything. I like how he keeps saying that these things are taken out of context, too. I just feel like this is like amazing. In the few seconds that we got left, we got about 45 seconds left. We've heard a lot from you, and I understand there's a lot more to be said. But why is all of this a religion? And and you're speaking now to a great many people out there who have a different concept of religion. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we've talked about a lot of allegations, and it's tough to to describe a subject when you're dealing, when you get hit with a litany of accusations at the beginning, you're trying to deal with them. Why Scientology is a religion? Religion is about the spirit, and Scientology deals with the spirit. We, We are in the tradition of the much older religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, helping the person as a spiritual being improve himself. That is what religion is about. That is why this is a religion. It doesn't fall into any other field. And on that note, David Miscavige, let me thank you. I appreciate very much your joining us. Okay. Thank you. I mean, I agree with him right there. It's just I don't agree that religions should be given any sort of exempt status in, in America. You shouldn't 
be exempted from the law just because you believe in stupid bullshit, regardless of what that stupid bullshit is. Yeah, that's fair for sure. But also, I think Scientology is just a fucking pyramid scheme. Like, I think they're a religion. I mean, 100% they're a religion. People believe in fucking Xenu. How's that any different than believing in God? Well, most they're the, people, the same goddamn character. Most of the people in Scientology aren't OT3 or higher and don't have never been officially told about Xenu, which is bizarre. <laughs> True, but they're definitely a religion. Yeah. Well, I don't think that a religion should be afforded special status either. And I also think that if a religion is doing charity, they should just be a charity. Like, no problem. If they're a business, they should be a business. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Like, if your religion is a charity, be a 5013C. Right. And then prove to everybody that you're a charity and nobody nobody be mad at you at all. Yeah. There are ways to get tax-exempt status without saying, like, oh, we deserve tax-exempt status because a lot of people believe in some crazy shit and we told them to. Well, the pro- the thing is, if you do that, though, there's paperwork involved. Whereas, if you're a religion, you're exempt from a lot of paperwork. Yeah, like there are definitely benefits to being a religion that aren't that don't apply to being a five hundred one three c. But like, that's the bad thing, right? Yeah, of course they should have to follow the same rules as everybody else. So, it's hey, everybody, not, the bad thing is not that Scientology is being considered a religion. It's that being considered a religion gets you all these stupid benefits that you shouldn't be afforded. Yeah. Scientology is maybe just like one of the worst case scenarios or whatever. Good thing. It's as small as it is. So hey, everybody, thank you for listening to the longest episode of the podcast version of the intellectual dollar tree that ever happened. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex. And you can listen live every Wednesday at twitch.tv slash Echoplex media. And here is Uh-Oh by Kat Robichaud and the Darling Misfits. And then whatever the autoplay plays while I uh, take a break. We can talk, we can talk, we can talk about it. Doesn't change, doesn't change things one little bit. We can talk, we can talk, we can talk if you want to. We can dig, we can drag feelings back from the dead. See and dissect everything that was said But we could do our best to forget all about it All about it Oh, we could
bum, 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 bum. 